Hey, what's good, people? I got the giggles today. <laughs> this is episode 152 of the Option Podcast. I got Wendy Jones right here. Man, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of be better. We're going to talk about making better versions of yourself. And um, yeah, maybe throw a little Kevin Durant investing in some volleyball and a little Brett Favre trouble. If this, ain't, this might not be all about volleyball, but buckle in, people. The episode starts right now. Whoa. Do you want me to turn your your, your headphones down? <laughs> no, I think we're now we're good we're for the good. mics, we're right? Good. Yeah. Um so this is episode once again, people, this is episode one fifty two of the Option Podcast. I got my homie, one of the last of the red hot power moms and the founder of Be Better and also the Optimist Journal, Wendy Jones. Wendy Jones okay. is back. So for those of you that have um, who don't know her, you're obviously new to the podcast because she's she is what I call a repeat offender. I think her and Brian McDermott are in competition right now. I love it. This is yes. Best place to spend a Friday. Yes. I was stoked to wake up and go, oh, mm-hmm. Jay and I get to talk today about all yes. kinds of cool stuff. So. And I still associate yeah. your face with this song. I have it's a theme perfect. song, people. It's awesome. Yeah. Do you ever have that? Um, maybe like someone, do you associate some people's face? Or their name with the song? Oh, I'm so tied to music. But I put music more with like points in my life. Oh, okay. Like, so I kind of go, I, yeah, memories. Um, yeah. Ain't no sunshine yeah. wash when she's yeah. gone. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you where I was. I'll hear a song and be like, oh, I was 19 and on the beach in Mexico when I sing. You know, like that's what Counting Crows do for me. Or, yeah. you know, Zach Brown puts me in my kitchen during my divorce. I mean, honestly, like I, <laughs> like, I align music with different places in my life well there's for me there's taylor crap or for the people who are new because i got we got a lot of non-volleyball people listening to this episode there's a volleyball player named taylor crap when i first saw him in new york city uh playing he was in the qualifier he's wearing a hoodie in 90 degree weather sticky hot and he's not even sweating just low pass low set cut all the way to the the main draw right and they looped the song um dirty white boy by a foreigner oh yeah and they looped the song four times. So now whenever I see Taylor play, because he's a dirty white boy. So it's yeah. it's insane. It's I don't even know. What? I know. I <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I'd love to say you know that. what I mean, but there's not, there's not a whole lot to that. So um, let's talk about Be Better. I know you've been doing a lot of good things. I know you're doing the Optimist Journal and your blogs, read like a novel. Uh, uh, I know you've been doing uh, what I meant to say and some of the guests you have on your podcast are not. I mean, you got this great mixture of star power people, but also. um, Yeah, I like discovering. I feel like I discover such interesting people just in everyday life that the trick is to be able to highlight those people and get people to listen. You know, I mean, people think, you know, you got to be famous. And truthfully, like, I just like people who are passionate about what they do. And if you become famous doing it, great. And if you don't, like, there's a lot of good people out there doing really interesting things. Mm -hmm. Professor, the doctor of music at Northern Alabama University I had on a couple weeks ago. Um, The guy I interviewed yesterday, travel and wellness entrepreneur living down in Costa Rica. I mean, they're just 
people who are switched on and doing great things and they don't really care who knows about it. But when you cross their path, they're really passionate. And that's my that's my jam. When you're talking to people like that, it is just so fun. Isn't it amazing that um, some of the best podcasts out there are the people that don't just shoot towards star power people, but yeah. um, I, I, I look, I think every podcast has to have a healthy balance yeah. of, of those people that come in and out or whatever. I mean, look at the most popular one, Joe Rogan, right? Mm-hmm. He, he can have um, Jamie Foxx and then the next episode have a, a guy who is like a former Baltimore police officer, right? Totally. No one knows his name, right? But yeah, have uh, you? And, and both podcast, both episodes equally is interesting. Totally. You know, so. Yeah, because they know interesting people and they right. know how to peg interesting people. And, yeah. and but, you but do that's that. What I, yeah. And you started this. And I was going to say, I need to credit you because I wouldn't have my podcast if you didn't get me started. So, and I'm now, like, I don't, I'm not, I come out with one every week, whereas you're like lightning fast. Right. You get, record these and they're out like in 12 hours. I don't know how you do it. Um, but I recorded and re- released one once a week. I've now, but I'm having so much fun doing it. I've got a bank like, and you helped me get started. So now I'm up to like, I don't know, maybe 50 recordings. And you're catching up. I'm catching. Well, and I'm not, it's not a race, but I'm like, I am so grateful because if I hadn't come in here and got my feet wet and used all your stuff and you were so gracious that I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So yeah, thank you. No, the pleasure is all mine. And, and, and also there was a part of me that wanted to show people that um, you, I guess using you just as an example, being yourself Yeah. and me um, other people getting to see who you are and the way you carry yourself that I get to see all the time um, is enough to do what you're, you're, you're yeah. what you're the way you're trying to affect human beings, uh, yeah. real human beings. So me, I guess if there's one thing I, I can toot my own horn. I told myself I want people to see Wendy the way I see Wendy, and and I I was 99% sure that was gonna that had legs. Yeah, I didn't know you have a good podcast voice. I didn't know, yeah. you know, that you, you're the timing on when you ask your questions and stay and keep people engaged. That makes uh, what I meant to say podcast so good. Um, that was all. All of those things were pleasant surprises, not big surprises, but pleasant surprises. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so good. It it like there's that question, and we were talking about this before we started. Um, how fear plays into putting yourself out there and like you said if you're not aiming big enough if you're not a little bit scared right then you're not doing it right yeah right and well mean, the quote was if if your dreams don't scare you they're yeah. not big enough exactly so, yeah. and there's an element of me that was always kind of comfortable not being seen and it's interesting now the cool thing about a podcast is I just get to sit there and ask the questions and I don't really talk about myself a lot. And that's the fun part because, but the people I've had more people sit down and go, thank you for that conversation and letting me be seen. And they actually put it that way. And I was like, Oh, that is that feeling like people really want to be understood. And if you give them that platform to, to talk about what matters to them, it's so engaging. It's so fun. I think what makes yours a little bit different and in some ways some will consider better than mine is I do talk about myself, but it's to introduce something that's hidden in behind someone's brain that brings it out. I'll give you an example. Like if I'm like, Wendy, tell me a joke. And you're like, 
<laughs> no, <laughs> I can't way, think of a joke. You're way now. funnier than me. No, but yeah. <laughs> some, sometimes me telling a joke reminds you, you're yeah. like, oh, I got one. Yeah. Right. And that yeah. would never come out if I right. didn't make it about For sure. myself. So, so the one thing that makes us different, but you, 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 you I mean, you got it. You got it. I mean, oh, thank you. it's a pot. It's an interview and a podcast. Yeah. You know, well, a lot of people think they're, they're the same thing, but no. Yeah. Um, and the conversation is so much more fun. And that's mm-hmm. what I love about podcasts. And the other thing I love about podcasts is podcasts for the last, you know, five to seven years, they were my mentors before I had mentors. Right. Right. Like I didn't know, <laughs> never know what you want to be when you grow up. Right. But you're mm-hmm. kind of grasping at straws when you're trying as an entrepreneur and you know, there's something there. Podcasts are the mentors that you don't have and you can pick and choose. There's so much wisdom out there. And I've been so because I got so much wisdom from these podcasts, I see now why I wanted to start one because being part of this world is just it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And you realize that the podcast, the, the one hour conversation is the tip of the iceberg. And then you realize how much more of a story there is behind it. And that's when you can dive deeper. And that's kind of how I got to the whole be better media concept is it's not about me it's about putting people together who are curious about how to be better i'm not happy with where we are right now in this country i don't like what the next generation is being taught about being an american and i don't think this has anything to do with red state or blue state i think it has to do with our mindset and Mm. our values and what we believe about ourselves and each other And how do we become more conscious citizens and conscious capitalists and produce things that aren't just for money and power? They're really based in a better life. And I think through storytelling, we can find products, we can find services, we can find connection with other people. And that's what Be Better Media is all about. And Be Better um, attracts these people from all walks and all phases of life right nobody because of how you carry yourself on a, on a very human level um i mean well me personally i don't think any de- decent human beings completely left or completely right just, that person shouldn't exist if they do but nobody has any idea of, the, of that affiliation uh, i always compare your podcast to sports because sports if you remember and this this has changed a little bit but sports was your escapism yeah. Democrats, Republicans, um, um, Christians, Jews, Muslims, black people, white people. You, you go to a football game. You know, you go to a New York Giants football game or, or the Buffalo Bills. They're playing the Dolphins or whatever. Just a whole bunch of people from all walks of life. They never ask. They don't know. They don't care. Yeah. It is this place where they can migrate and be happy and celebrate and have these emotional highs and lows together collectively. And, and the reason why your podcast has a lot of success is because real change there's there can be an individual that can inspire the change but real change cannot be affected by only by a handful of individuals doing their own thing it has to be a a fist five fingers right yeah make a fist yeah all of a sudden you're punching something really hard Mm -hmm. five fingers Mm -hmm. the fingers by themselves yeah right useless so the thing i liked about your podcast is that you have this diverse amount of guests um, that come from all walks of life, and now there are people who listen to maybe an episode. You you had an MD or, or a medical mm-hmm. uh, practitioner on your episode. Now all of a sudden, then all of a sudden they go back and they listen to Kristen, Nuss, and Taryn Cloak. Totally. Wow, wow interesting. To yeah. the to Louisiana girls, you know, blah blah blah. So, um, yeah. something you wanted to say? Well, no. There's the like the way the guest I had on yesterday. He put it that, that he's at the intersection mm-hmm. of culture and consciousness, 
And I was like, oh, I really like that distinction of that intersection because right. I hadn't heard somebody put it that way before. And I have this thing that goes through my brain because I'm interested in, and that's what I've always loved about your podcast. I'm like, oh, how cool that you are so novel that you'll go, I love volleyball and I love current events. Like, why not marry the two? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, that's why we get along so well because I love current events too. But like, for me, it's all connected. So I'm interested in natural resources. I'm interested in in politics. I'm interested. But everything for me goes from the ground under our feet to the food we put in our mouth to the conversations we're having every day and how that plays out in ourselves and in our relationships and all the way out into our community. And if you can carry yourself like that and you can understand the importance of the world and the environment, and I feel like that's getting lost in politics today because I care a lot about the environment And I care a lot about the border and I care a lot about sports and how people come together. Or I was at a Broadway play last weekend. Like I don't belong in any one box and I don't think anybody does. And I think that they're forcing us down those roads and it divides us and I don't like it. So I I agree in a sense that it's been steered um, only two directions. You're you're steering to this dichotomy. You're the left or right. Sean Ladig, I see you, baby. Uh-huh. He said Wendy and Jason. He posted Wendy and Jason. Uh, we see you. We God love, love you. him. New Orleans zone. He has sent multi- me so uh, many multiple good... time jujitsu champion. I yes. mean, he's just he's, he's just coming on. It. I'm gonna yeah. we're gonna do another conversation, and he has sent me so many great guests. Yeah. Anyone he says you need to meet, mm-hmm. I meet and I love. Well, you you mentioned before you weren't happy how things were going, like on a general level, yeah. uh, society, community, and and and, yeah. and the world as a collective whole, and I kind of get it because. Um, I went through a rough patch where the, I mean, the way you can get your stuff out there is through social media. And if your right. social media is, is being muted or whatever, because your difference of opinion steers, steers towards what many, many perceive to be the narrative or what some, some who are brainwashed perceive to be the truth. Um, and if you get muted or if you get, um, something they call shadow band, yeah. you, you throw up your hands yeah. and just say, dude. I surrender. <laughs> yeah. I don't want any trouble. All right. I'm just, I'm just, if you noticed, like I'm on episode 152 right now, if you noticed pretty much from the last guest I had that was a, not a volleyball person was episode 125. Mm-hmm. I went 25 straight episodes because I figured my safe space where I could still dis, um, uh, maintain the popularity of the show and disseminate this information and maintain followers and this and that. Uh, I figured the the place where I wouldn't get muted or shadow banned if if I just kept it about this specific wheelhouse, mm-hmm. and and I'm sad because I'm not a one no. issue a single issue person. Yeah. It's like I'm about sports, but I'm so much more, right? Right. You know, um, motherload, right? I went there to do uh, emceeing. So cool. And it scared me not because I didn't think I'd be good. It scared me because I knew I would be good, but my fear was I didn't want people to say that's Jason's niche. Yeah. And that's all he's about, right? Like, how would you, Wendy, how would you like for someone to pay you money to sweep a street? And because you're proud and you do, and you want to do your job well, the street is spotless. And, and everybody's like, you. "There's Wendy. She 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 sweeps street." Do. When yeah. when you know in your heart of hearts, you may okay, you did this, but you're so much more. Right. So, there there's been a danger that's led to my unhappiness, mm-hmm. where there are people who have something to say, and sometimes it's it's out there, right? And and, and sometimes they're like, "No, wait, 
there's a point. Let's have a conversation. And there's some people like you who want to find a way to save us all. And, and, and well. no, but dialogue, open dialogue and engagement is the way to go. Censorship yeah. is not the way to go. Censorship does not get rid of the person. Censorship uh, uh, might make the situation worse. For sure it does in America and it has all over the world. So why are we okay with it? Right. And yeah. I have a real problem with where, and this is where this conscious capitalist thing um, is born in me. I like being American. We, I like working. I like the purpose and the value I get from working hard and making a living from that. I don't want anybody to hand me anything. Mm-hmm. But I don't like power and money and greed and I see too many too many decisions are being made and people are being pushed out because certain people are protecting their power their money and they're greedy about it and I don't like it it's a, it's yeah. not going to it's not going to work it's the fall of the empire like we B- have to go a different enough, direction right? billions is not enough exactly <laughs> like and the middle the, the middle class is getting squeezed out yeah like if, the, if that's if that exists anymore exactly yeah. I, and I, I just I don't like it yeah so, and that's no, but, not political. No, that's <laughs> like, not political. That's that's human. Yeah. Uh, and again, we were talking about sports. Yeah. Uh, sports used to be a great escapism. Yeah. Um, and it was the one place where everybody can just come together. And that's something that's changed the last decade. Someone mm-hmm. takes a knee. All of a sudden, this person's boycotting the NFL because this dude took a knee. Right? Right. You know, but but this dude could take million, millions from from welfare recipients, right? Oh my gosh! It's like about know. Brett Farr, right? Yeah. This one could take millions, and you know, uh, well, we don't know the whole story yet. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. So, so what I've read doesn't look yeah. good. No, <clears throat> but for me, I want people to keep that nonsense out of my sports. I do too. Brian McDermott was yeah. a great guest to have because he, if it's not about club volleyball or juniors. Or an occasionally some AVP. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. That's wow. he. He only has enough hours in a day. When you own an indoor beach facility in Chicago, there's only one of two or maybe three indoor beach facility. Yeah. The only place you can play beach, twelve months out of the year, because Chicago could be brick, right? So it's the reason why I like him. But I wanted to talk about who's your most recent guest on on what I meant to say. Um, let's see who came out this week. Oh my gosh. Um, so next week's Natasha Nelson. Who came out? What? Oh, I know who came out this week. Jen Ketty. Natasha oh Nelson. Yeah. All right, you know cool. Natasha? Yeah. yeah. She's this. She'll be, that'll be her second time. She comes out Wednesday. She's already been on once. This week was Jennifer Ketty. Excuse me for forgetting that for a quick second. She was amazing and she came and talked to me before MV, uh, manhattan beach open tell us who she is oh my gosh I'm okay t- this is um, i'm telling wendy i gotta remind you this is a mixture of this is yes okay look Jennifer this Ketty. is volleyball driven but we got a lot so, of non-volleyball people following. last year <laughs> when she was playing i believe it was in atlanta that the they started talking to her uh, talking about her as she's playing her match um cal poly alumni so I, I went to cal poly i was like okay we got a cal poly alumni volleyball alumni there she had she was overseas playing professionally in Europe. Um, she was the 2011 Big Big West Player of the Year. Then went overseas playing in Germany and was diagnosed with ovarian cancer at like 26, maybe 27, mm-hmm. and came back to the states. Went through stage four cancer treatment and it now has a clean bill of health and is playing on the AVP. And she's six foot four. She is gorgeous. She has 
she's hysterically funny. She's got a water business. She's an entrepreneur and she's, she's got a water business that is like on Instagram. I mean, this girl's got to be blown up. She's got to be doing so much business because she's con- her, she's contagious. Like her, she is so passionate infectious, about yeah. what she does. Yeah. Her, she's just an infectious person with the way she comes across. And so we talked about all kinds of stuff, but mostly just turning struggle into strength and how, if she hadn't gone through this cancer battle, she wouldn't be the person she is today. And then she came out like, so I, I interviewed her and then I went out and watched her and she made it to Saturday in Manhattan beach playing with, um, Katie Dickens. She lives in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And, um, just an awesome person, just incredible. Yeah. So, you know, it's just good people like getting up every day and doing what they love to do. And she was in, and she was in the draw, huh? And she was in the draw and made Dude. it to Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. For the people listening, Manhattan beach open is this, it's the biggest tournament for the AVP, which is a professional beach ball, uh, beach, beach sports league. Um, I call it the tournament that saves the season, right? Like every other tournament could be garbage. It could be like a carajo setup or whatever, this and that. So, um, but you do that, and all of a sudden, you do that in August, and everybody forgets and forgives everything that ever happened, so like the whole season, right? Yeah. So, so it's good to to see that and Katie yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, she was great. Yeah, she was real. She's great. She'll be one of those people that she and I will be friends for years now. Yeah, like she felt like. It was in, it was it's really too bad fun. I didn't get to see her. I was there. I was yeah. Co- I was coaching. You would I was love coaching, her. Um, you would love her. I was coaching Jeff Samuels and um Chris. Okay. Chris yeah, Vaughan. I remember now. Yeah. So yeah, I got. I, she's you know in her. I think she's thirty. I'm forty seven. She got to meet my twenty two year old daughter, and it just feels like you can just tell. There's just this generational pull that I love through these stories, where everybody's learning something from everybody else. You know and. And she's from, is she from Texas or her partner was? Um, she lives, Dickens, is from, Dickens is from Texas. Jen lives in um, Austin now, but she grew up in Montana. Right. So cool story, you know, like ended up playing college volleyball without really, I mean, yes, she's six foot four, but like she has got one of those stories where it wasn't like the full focus. She was like, oh, I guess I'll try this kind of thing and ends up being, you know, three time All-American in 2011. So I always say the cream rises to the top. No doubt. Um, you know, talent is talent, especially if it knows how to work hard. And so she's out. She's a she's, full-time blocker, I guess, right? Yeah, she's considering the, her oh, size yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Katie's a great little defender. They were really fun to watch together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. You know, God, Manhattan Beach was such a, a roller coaster for me. Like, look, I had uh, what I consider a bad Friday because there were games where. I felt like I was the only one that thought that we were going to win. Like oh. we play K Spear and Allen, right? Yeah. Um, and they had a good tournament. They made it to Sunday. Yeah. They were okay. the, so they were so they were like a ninth seed or whatever or a twelfth seed, but not really, not the mm-hmm. way they played. I yeah. Mean, but when they're on. But Jeff having the extra day and not having to qualify, we we spent a lot of time in the video room uh-huh. and we went through some stuff and. You'll love this. I'll, I'll veer away for a little bit, uh, or we can just edit this part out. But I had my juniors, my 13s, uh, oh, cool. just break down the math uh-huh. of like a math, let's see if there's a mathematical pattern because football has it and sports have it, but the sport that has it the least is volleyball. Okay. Um, and my kids said every fourth shot, Jeremy K. Spear goes line. Hmm. And I'm like, and she's, I'm like, it's every fourth shot. And they're like, yeah. So I'm like, so cross, cross, cross line. And she's like, yeah, power and shot is cross, cross, cross. And every fourth shot is line. And um, Chris Vaughn said he spoke to his coaches before he flew over. And he said seventy. He said 75% of his shots are going to be cross court. Mm-hmm. So Jeff, because Jeff was going to, we were going to work. 
Billy Allen. And I'm like, no, you don't want to serve Billy Allen. So, so our strategy, and I'm going to show everybody a video of the pull okay. chart so they could appreciate this. Um, so the strategy was to serve Case Beer. Uh, case, and Case Beer, his line shot, his power line uh -huh. and, 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 and power and shot okay. is high, uh -huh. but his cross court is above the tape. So we wanted to just do a straight one block. Um, occasionally maybe a four, right? But right hand in his face, yes. but high, high and in his face, so you don't get used and left hand press. So, mm -hmm. so he doesn't shave your armpits. Yeah, right. And it worked. We were up 12, nine technical timeout. We, we held them the one first ball side out, which is a testament to how good they are. Right. Yeah. One first ball side out. Yeah. They only, they only trailing about three. Yeah. And we switched sides and John Mayer, who is their coach, gave me a big smile. Like, like I know what you're doing. And, and <laughs> And he cracked the code, and we lost. We uh -huh. lost the first set, twenty four, twenty two, and then, and then, of course, I don't know. He's, good coaches he's a good and coach. good athletes. It was a student quick, against the teacher. Yeah, yeah, they make was, quick adjustments, and they they know yeah. how to do it. It was yeah. a student against the teacher thing. Yeah, it was awesome. Dickinson's from Louisiana. Oh, she's that's right. She played right. at LSU. Thank you, Sean yeah. the Dig. She oh, is sorry, a Sean. Manville, Louisiana <laughs> talent. I love it. Well, Sean, look, Sean knows, look, it ain't just Kristen Nuss and Cloth, man. It's everybody. There's, but yeah. but I wanted to show everybody something um, and how cool my kids are. Please. All right. So let's go to this. Now, over here, this is Jeremy Casebeer. And look at that. Cross, cross, cross line. Uh -huh. Cross, cross, cross line. There's a back set over here. Uh -huh. So for everyone looking at directional arrows, like the straight ones are power and anything curved is like a shot. Gotcha. Right? So this is pulling, which actually that's serve receive. And transition is the same thing. Well, transitions line over yeah. whatever, whatever to call it. But we were able to defend because we knew what he was going to do. But if you look at this mathematically and count, basically... My kids, my, my 13 year olds were right. They figured it out, yeah. Now, I got to go back and look at the exact order because this looks like exactly what they said, cross, cross, cross line. Um, and I already knew, like, some hitters tend to do that. Some hitters, their line their line is above the tape and their cross is high and some people go cross high and, and very rarely you're going to run into hitters that are that that are both mm -hmm. and, and maybe just because they just get get it really high. So that's, Jer that's Jeremy Casebeer, okay. right? This is Billy Allen. That is gnarly. This and can you appreciate why this is not look at look at all that activity. That is ridiculous. Yeah. That no, we want no guessing. No, yeah. I don't want anything to do with that yeah. nonsense. Yeah. That's nonsense, Wendy. <laughs> Super <laughs> no. talented. Such a smart, no. smart player. No, you don't if yeah. you get in his head, you're gonna find a, a bunch of guys with white lab coats. All uh -huh. right. So, <laughs> so that was yeah. um so, so fun. that was but our Friday. It's so cool that you're teaching your kids that. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah. My Nobody kids, ever and my kids came back with that. 13s. That's awesome. 13s. LA, LA Volleyball Club. Jason Olive. Shout out. LA Volleyball Club. I, I Dane have, Blanton, the beach part. Go ahead. I have a huge theory that like mm. you do challenge kids and, mm -hmm. and challenge them before they know things are hard. Right. Right? Just be like, hey, you can do this. Yeah. And they're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. They're not going to go, well, no, I don't know how to do it. Like, just, just tell them they can do it. Something like that. But if nobody ever asks them, they're not going to figure that out. Sick, dude. That's so good. That's sick. So I, cool. I mean, it, but it's good because I think as a coach, 
And you as and who knows volleyball really well. I mean, you play every you play more than anybody I else. I haven't since. I February. think you play more than actually. You play no, more, but I haven't played since February. Okay, since February, but yeah. I mean, prior to you probably yeah. played more days than the pros did, right? So you know, you're also you got a I son at Stanford, it. right? You got yeah. a daughter at TCU, so you're one of these these power moms. You got that got kids playing NCAA volleyball. I love the game. Uh, um, not just playing, but top ten teams, yeah. right? Yeah. A great job by Stanford, right? Making it to the NPSF finals. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. 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 Had to upset UCLA. Beat them twice last year. Yeah. Both at number good. one up, up north and down here. So, so, so fun. That is. But um, you can appreciate, like, we don't think about it mathematically. We think about it philosophically. Sometimes yeah. we think about someone's mental state because at that level where everyone can play, it's about conquering the muscles Absolutely. between your ears. So nobody... That's I mean, the, nobody that, looks at that. Sh- this. Yeah, that's only the part a, of the game I love the most. Yeah, like I'm surprised a 13 year old would do that, but now I'm thinking maybe only a 13 year old would look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Ketty, huh? Ketty yeah, on, she was Ketty great. on what I meant she to say. She was great. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, that came out. So one comes out every Wednesday, and we've uh, there's so many good ones. Mm-hmm. I've had such a fun time, and there's so many. There's some great ones coming. So. And that's why it's a, it's yeah. difficult to ask this question. What was um. I guess the last 10 episodes, what was one of your favorite ones? Because they're all your favorite. They are. When you do it, when like you have that conversation, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. Um, Charles Brooks, who nobody knows, but he he is a music professor, actually, an uh, introduction from Sean. Um, and I interviewed his wife, too. She has a book coming out. But Charles Brooks is already out um, on all the major streaming pl- platforms. And he is a doctor uh, of music came out of LSU and then is teaching kids music production at Northern Alabama University. And he has been a live musician since he was eight years old, started playing with his dad, plays something called the vibraphone. Wow. And he is the coolest. (laughs) I mean, he is is truly like the (laughs) definition of cool cat. Like he is a cool cat. Like he just has this, if they're like men in the world, and this is not a slight on you, but like, he's got this vibe of like, just calm it's all it's all good he's the way culture comes in for him the way that he talks about race relations and male female energy i mean like just a really good guy so interesting and that and his university students are getting that and that's what i love is that like the next generation is getting this guy's wisdom and the ones who come across him are really lucky because the stuff that he's got going is so cool and nobody knows who he is yeah. But he is smart, like in the good way, not like I the heady way. One of my favorite ones is I had Jeff Samuels and Doc Vandermeer oh, yeah? on the podcast. Yeah. And um, of course, going back to volleyball just for a minute. Um, we, it was a great episode because in sports, if you have a problem with the, re- with the way referees are calling the game, like in, ba- in basketball, yeah. you're calling ticky-tack fouls or, you, or you have to, someone has to get clothesline, right? Football, this guy's, the guy could throw a flag every play if he wanted to. He's right. being, maybe you think maybe he's being arbitrary. And volleyball has the same problem, right? Yeah. Uh, the big issue about hands. What, yep. what constitutes a double? What constitutes a carry? So what we did in the middle of our podcast, we got on the phone and we called uh, ref Dave Carson on the phone and put him on the air, live on the air, right? And Dave Carson, who was setting up for Manhattan Beach, had us on you know, on headset. So he's working, doing the setup, you know, showing yep. people, lifting lifting stuff. 25 minutes, answered our questions. And, you know, I, look, sometimes I'm on a podcast. We ain't friends. I need to ask a question. You're not my friend. I need to ask this question. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm, and I'm not a reporter or a journalist either, but 
Yeah. You know, I'm, but I won't push that much. But yeah. Vandermeer did, right? Nice. And Jeff Samuels did. Okay. And you don't see, I like the episode because you don't see in any sport uh, very many, uh, many referees that are willing to go on a talk show and or a podcast and stand tall. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and and we could talk about more of that off 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 camera because I don't want this episode to be totally about volleyball, even though. But it's interesting. We, but it's involuntary because yeah. it's 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 in our wheelhouse. But that's yeah. one of my episodes. Uh, yeah. Also, Dr. Bart K, um, the meat militia yes. guy, the guy showed me how. how Are you what, still doing that? No, because no. neurologically, I'm still addicted to pasta and uh-huh. pizza. You just can't. Yeah. You know. Uh, I know. Life is meant to be yeah, enjoyed. God, we have a finite amount of time exactly. on this earth, right? It could be a good time or and it can, or it can is suck. Too. Like, <laughs> if you're a foodie, you're a foodie <clears throat> yeah. and you got to enjoy it. It's one of the greatest joys in life. I think like more... I just think it's expensive. Oh, totally. Like, um, Dude, my youngest is a carnivore. He yeah. could totally do that diet. And yes. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, kid. Mm-hmm. I'll live longer. You yeah, know? I, I mean, he it... eats like six steaks a week. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. I have to find... Um, tell everybody where you get yours. I mean, maybe we're plugging in a... Uh, oh, your, Butcher your Box? Butcher Box, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No, but if your son's eating steak like that, Butcher Box mm-hmm. might be the way to go. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm the only one in my family that's carnivore and out, yeah. so Butcher Box wouldn't be. But yeah. for the people listening, and like, if you you guys want more steak in your life, or even yeah, just the balance of steak and salmon. Like, and Yeah, yeah. grass-fed <clears> and sustainably <throat> raised and all that good yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, they have great quality. Yep. Yeah, I, um, Which is important. But for the people on carnivore diets, just really, really make sure you get your vitamin C. Um, what Dr. Bart K was telling me and what um, Phil Escott, who's like one yeah. of the, the biggest. Actually, he was a better pod. He tur- he's actually yeah, that the, was a good one. He's actually the not doctor, but it turned out to be a better episode. Uh-huh. He's yeah, a scientist? Uh, he's actually not a doctor, but he um, wrote a book called How Rheumatoid Arthritis is the Best Thing That Happened to Me. Mm-hmm. And he studied general nutrition and whatever for 30 years. And he has seminars every year in England and the UK. Uh, and the doctors go to him and they sit in the seminars. Yeah. So, so cool. You know, I mean, like I said, sometimes you ain't got to be a doctor. You just got to know your thing. Yeah. And he, and he basically said the same thing Bart K said. And this is for everybody listening. Um, and then we'll go back to normal here. <laughs> Vitamin C. As human beings, we used to be able to reproduce our own. Mm-hmm. And then I think like, what, seven, eight hundred years ago, we became codependent on it. They had kids, they had kids, and, and now it's gone. And now as human beings, we no longer reproduce our own vitamin C. Huh. So we have supplement it. We right. get it through food. Right. Which is the Yeah, like vitamin way. D, you could work yeah. out a little bit. You know, yeah. of course, salmon's yeah, a good source yeah. of vitamin D. Of course, yeah. omega-3. Yeah. Uh, um, salmon, omega-3. Mm-hmm. You, uh, and one square of salmon is basically 6,000 units of vitamin D. So, I mean, uh, two-thirds of the population out there, guys, you're uh, a low vitamin D. So, it's particularly yeah. on the East Coast with people that have less sun or whatever. Yeah. And this and that. Two th- 63%. Two-thirds. Two out of every three people have low vitamin D. So, get your salmon on. Get your workout on. Yeah. You know, but but for people who are on carnivores, uh, um, who are getting everything else you need from the meat, the B12, right? The protein, the, yeah. the other things. Make sure you have vitamin C uh, in, in some form. Because yeah. we, we as human beings stop reproducing that. Interesting. You know, yeah, that's our anthropology. Yeah. So, um, so Very yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Let's jump to be better. So be oh better is what? Be better so is what? Is it? Is be better about making better human beings of ourselves? What's, what's be better? What, Wendy Jones, okay. what is be better? Go. So be better. So 
it's a media company and it was a coaching company. And to be honest with you, it's that concept of when you're shooting, I'm put it bluntly, when you're shooting small, it doesn't resonate. It wasn't resonating with me. Everything felt like I was pushing, pushing, pushing. And I broke through on some level and was like, dang, I'm a storyteller. And I'm not the only one telling the stories. I'm also really good at connecting with people that have good stories. And when you start to pull that stuff together and really collect that content, Mm -hmm. I mean, your podcast, great example. Like you start to pull that content and then you start looking at the way the world is set up now and that there are, I've thought of you multiple times in this journey, the concept that we can be shut down, like, no, that isn't okay. Like we're, people are out there working, finding workarounds because we cannot be shut down. We have to be able to get these stories out there. It cannot be everything driven by the powers that be. I'm using my background in politics, natural resource management, all the things I know from my agricultural background, the way that, and really just critical thinking and how not being afraid, you sent me a clip on this a couple days ago, not being afraid to do things differently and say, hey, I learned something through this process. So I start out writing a blog. Okay, I'm a good writer. I enjoy it. I'm not really a marketing person. You know me. I don't really care to be, it's not about me being seen, but the, the older you get, the more you know that if you have something to say and you don't say it, you have this super unsatisfied feeling inside of you that will, it will eat at you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for and so mm-hmm. Be Better is a conscious media company that we're going to tell stories. And then when you start telling these stories, you come across the products and services that people are putting, like good, passionate entrepreneurs are putting out there that really are what this country is about. I don't want us to be all about you know, big business and I, during COVID, all the small businesses got shut down, but all the big businesses get to stay open. Like this corporate crony capitalism stuff, I'm done with yeah. it. Well, I'm going to defend big business in one instance, yeah. in only one instance, okay. all right? Ladies and gentlemen, this is why Amazon wins, all right? I go to a sporting goods store. I'm, I find some Nike, some LeBron James or whatever, and I'm like, I'm looking for size 13. Oh, we don't have those in stock. And I'm like, do you have this in stock? No, we don't have those. Oh, we, we can order them if they want. And I'm like, okay, I, I drove all this way just to have to order where I could have just stayed home and ordered. Yeah. And Amazon has my size. Yeah. Amazon has my whatever. Amazon delivers the next day. So, and I'm like, if, if smaller businesses do a better job of having what is in high demand. Wendy, sporting goods stores should have big shoes agree athletes have big feet yes. what, 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 does, does, i know what, I where are we, what is it the feet. freaking hobbit games that, i know is, is there like a hobbit olympics that there's this oversaturation of size eight I you do. know come on stop so so i'm sorry i'm gonna stop no but you know why i love that you brought up amazon yeah is that i have actually thought about them so much during this journey uh-huh. or jeff bezos and I don't really want to get into the personal side of that, but like the concept of what that company is today. Right. Okay. First of all, he started as a bookseller. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have Googled multiple times Amazon's first website. Look at it. Yeah. Evolution. Yes. Big. Moving. Evolve. Thinking big. Yep. Evolving through. Looking at what the next thing is and doing it and, and taking action and letting the results take care of themselves because you mm. know you're in your space. Right. And not being afraid to be in that space. I agree. Yep. 
Yeah. And I, that's I, where I've gotten that, with this. But that's why I said, okay, big business, evil, small business, good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand the general. It's gen- an overgeneralization. The gen- no, yeah. I understand the general concept yeah. of that. But if I can name one or two instances where I do defend um, certain certain platforms or certain sure. things, it's because they are producing what yeah. we want. You're like Butcher Box right now. Yeah. Butcher Box is going to have better meat than Vaughn's. A hundred percent, which is why I started. I stopped no. shopping for meat at Vaughn's. It's I terrible. Agree. It's disgusting. I, had, I I got some bad meat that, yeah. that, that that made me whatever. I get, And it's like you get bad fruit pretty much every time you shop there. Right. You know? But I care about what I put in my body. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. Butcher Box wins. Butcher Box wins. <laughs> but that is a conscious, it's yeah. a consciously driven business. Also, you don't have to deal with people who have attitudes. Yeah. Right? I mean, right. if some of these business wants to, th- if they want to thrive, they have to bring something that brings a level. You'll be surprised how far your business can go if you can make people feel comfortable. Yeah, you be how uh, small businesses out there. You'd be surprised how far your business could go when your customers don't have to pay for peace of mind. Yeah, uh, Starbucks will always survive because that crew of people starts remembering you people's customers' first names and not, your drink not, order. Yes, and not just and your drink order, but look, it's not just. Usually it should be the other way around, right? Because this person has a name tag and th- and the same thousand people a day see that same name. Yeah. So, it's, of course, it's easier for the yeah. customer to remember the, the, um, the, the, the cashier, the cashier the, or, the, yeah, or, the, barista. or the, the barista than yeah. the barista to the customer. But these people make you feel good. Right. They, they bring a Starbucks is not this cold, big business. Maybe maybe no. the, maybe the people who stand the profit from I have no from, problem. With no, but how the people who stand the profit from from yeah. what they're doing and the great work they're doing. But, but they but will if, the sale of coffee. Yeah. Will always survive. Why don't you get a coffee maker? You Because you like going to Starbucks. Yeah, for sure. And I missed it. I've told you that through the yes. pandemic. I didn't go. I didn't go to Starbucks before COVID. Yeah. And I realized well, well, ours, after, closed. ours is closed. Yeah. No, but even before, like I wasn't spending money at Starbucks. Then we get shut down. And then I start, mm-hmm. we, we open back up. I start, I'm going down to the beach, playing volleyball, whatever. I feel myself wanting to feel that community. Mm-hmm. And they do do a great job of remembering your name. Yeah. And tell, you know, So you end up going in there for the human connection and the coffee. Right. But it's like, it's the connection. And that's a... But you, know. you understand how what they're doing justifies logic and common sense. Logic says you, sh- you could save money by making your coffee at home. Common sense says get a coffee maker. And it's a bit, but that's logical, that's sensible, and it's not right. Yeah. The right thing to do is to get to go to Starbucks, mm-hmm. get some of that human human interaction by real human beings, by the way, because we know our people too, right? Yeah. I mean, they're not just people with name tags. We see them all the oh, time. Yeah. So for me, I would like, and I'm going to give you the floor because I'm steering this a certain direction that's consistent would be better. Yeah. Um, first, as an individual, I, I go the Joe Rogan way. Joe, you have a finite. Joe Rogan said you have a finite amount of time on this earth. It could be a good time, or it can suck. Mm-hmm. And if it sucks, you need to fight like hell to change it, as if your life depends on it, yep. because it really does. That's yep. the quote. End quote. That's an individual perspective. From a collective perspective, make sure. Your collective change um, builds platforms like Be Better. Mm-hmm. Because right now, like if Facebook is shadow banning people or, or this is shadow banning people, the, the argument is they're a private company, they get to do whatever they want. 
Nobody started shitting Tiffany cufflinks until Elon Musk uh, bought Twitter. They're like, oh my God, he's going to let him do this and let him do that. But I'm like, and some of those people, I'm like, wait, you're the same person that said, you're the same person that said they're a private company to get to do whatever they want. Yeah. So there is a scary thing in this collective change yeah. inspired by one person. Right. He's a billionaire or whatever, inspired by him. But he does have the window to his back for some people. Um, and again, it's really hard not to throw politics into this, but it's very easy to say that this is not... They want you to believe this is a right wing, a right wing movement. It's not. There's so many people that want to actually, right? You, you keep. Yeah. You just said you keep it all balled in. You want to express yourself, and you don't yeah. want to be muted. You want to be heard, and and it's going to be a challenge. Well, you're making me realize. Okay, so we walked into. I'm gonna look. I'm looking for a picture that I took at Barnes and Noble the other night on mm-hmm. my phone. Um, we walked in um, to buy some books the other night, and. Um, took my freshman in high school there and go up to the young adult section. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is an example of the way my mind thinks. Um, I've always used big words with my kids and they, they remember it. They're always like, mommy always used words. And I was like, cause if, if I use them eventually, you'll, you'll wonder what they mean. Your vocabulary will build and you'll start to get the context. And this is just how we talk. So right. I never talked to them like they were, you know, two years old. Like we've always just kind of talked back and forth. Got it. So we go up to the young adult section. We're going to pick a book. Matthew's got to do a book talk in English or whatever. So he's looking for something. He kind of likes, he likes scary. He likes horror, those kind of scary books. That's going to, he's not a real big reader, but so we're walking around and my daughter says, you know, there's books getting banned in this country because I just read To Kill a Mockingbird with him last year. Yeah. Now, so eighth grade, Matthew and I read To Kill a Mockingbird. Now I'm hearing that that's getting banned, right? Mm-hmm. But I walk into the young adult section and I've got, and I'm like, you know me, I don't talk like this, but this is a title of a book in the young adult section and it's called Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick. <laughs> there you go. That is the title of a book. Why are we banning To Kill a Mockingbird and then this is what our young adults are reading? Nah, I now, I, I don't know what the book is I gotta, about. I, I gotta put this but up. But that was like front and center. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if we're going to have freedom of speech, that's fine. Like, this I can get hilarious. through this. Hold on, we need to take but a look why the heck this. are we this banning? Like, shocking material. <laughs> what the heck, man? That's not what I want my kids reading. But you know what? A 15-year-old is going to walk right up and grab that book. And oh maybe, maybe that's like, I sound like the old lady because I remember the old lady in the bookstore when my kids were little and her being alarmed by Captain Underpants and me thinking, hey, if it makes them read, like, how bad can Captain Underpants be? Right. But like, I saw the copy, the front cover of yeah. that and I'm like, that bothers me. Yeah. Well, Twitter is even worse because Twitter actually has um, porn. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. this is like, this is not but, what we need. This kid- is not making society yeah. smarter. No. It is not elevating the conversation like so like yeah. and then you start thinking like why aren't we elevating the conversation uh, well it's because and i don't mean to be a big big conspiracy nut know, it's because the government has weaponized social media to set to um yeah. to take away your first amendment right they, they they it's a um social media is a legal loophole to yeah. to violate your first amendment right yeah, and then you they know, pick but, who gets seen. Well, not just that. When now you finally got some of these CEOs and these big wigs going on 
talk shows. And uh, Zuckerberg went on, on Joe Rogan's podcast and admitted that the FBI told him to, to, to um, well, it strongly encouraged him to take down support. But you have this government agency, right, that is connected to people that can subsidize and you know affect your platform and the way you do your business and sometimes you don't want no trouble and you do what they ask and when you do what you're, they ask what you're doing in essence is you're indirectly and i guess legally um taking away people's first amendment right yeah because where's freedom of speech going to happen it's uh, it's going to happen on social networks right? right freedom of speech this is, is the not... evolution of the way we yeah we operate like we didn't used to have these platforms mm-hmm. right now we do so yeah. why don't we treat them with American values, with with a First Amendment, mm-hmm. like everything applies. This is where we've well, evolved. Sa- safety has always been the biggest, the biggest um, uh, um, scapegoat or cop out for the rationalization of taking yeah. away the First Amendment. Right. Like um, like not understanding how the Internet works and this and that that led up to right. January 6th or whatever just freaked everybody out. It's like, dude, maybe we should make sure people don't say anything because anything someone says. And and, and that's dangerous because that means, that's like suggesting anything you say is automatically going to encourage people to do bad things. There's a yeah. movie called Money Train with Woody Harrelson, Wesley mm-hmm. Snipes, uh, Jennifer Lopez, kind of mm-hmm. her debut, where they're like transit police. Okay. And there was a guy who was robbing the subway vendors. What he would do, he'd have a hose, a plastic hose, and he'd squirt gasoline through the hose into the whatever and have like a lighter and says, give up, give, give me Ooh. your money or I'm going to light up the whole booth. You know, he just mm. basically squirts a big thing in there, right? And like the day after that movie came out, one day after the movie that came out, someone did that. Um, but the movie, look, the movie's still in circulation. Mm-hmm. The, uh, um, nothing bad beyond that happened, you know. Um, oh, and this is a yeah. like this is a thing. Like, yeah. why is it important for us to elevate the conversation and and mm-hmm. understand the difference between entertainment, right? Because comedy, Hollywood, they push the limits. Well, we have but to we measure have the brains fear. in right. our heads. Mm-hmm. How? What's the underlying value system that's teaching us how to evaluate these things and go to a movie and go? Like clearly, like your usual, your regular sane person isn't going to see that movie and do that. There's right. something underlying, and like you know, we we've gone down this road before. But the way we deal with mental health, the way that we, you know, we're not healthy. No. As a society. Do you think it's just about trusting humanity as a majority? There are some people that need to be told what to do, right? Like, dude, yeah. just tell me how I'm supposed to think because maybe they're just mentally weak and that's how they were shaped and that's how they are. Um, but. I'm not without doing percentages. I would say the majority of the country is a little bit fed up with people saying, "Sir, you're making me do this because you think I lack the ability to decide myself for myself yeah. what's right, what's wrong, and this and that, or whatever and this and that." We were just talking about yeah. food, right? Yeah. Like there are a lot of people that argue against that, right? Yeah. And, and if there was a, a sweeping majority that decided Wendy's wrong to eat meat, all of a sudden they're accusing you of saying that you lack the the mental capacity or the discipline right to 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 know what's right to know what's right and know what's not right yeah for your body or maybe your mind or whatever i mean you you see you see the general the general rationalization i'm getting to right and i think the the tactic is fear Mm -hmm. right like Chappelle got in a lot of hot water and only because there were a group of people that thought that this man's rhetoric was going to encourage people to go out and commit violence which 
never happened. It didn't happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I believe Anthony Fauci caused more more, and in the eighties during the AIDS epi- epidemic caused more violence than Chappelle ever could, you know. Mm-hmm. For uh, uh, for the people listening at home, since I jumped into it, I just stepped yeah, in. Yeah, I was going to say uh, elaborate on that. Um, Anthony Fauci, I think in nineteen eighty six. And I'm going to double check the years, probably 85, went on a show, 60 Minutes or ABC, and basically said that you can contract AIDS by casual contact. Because at that time, in the 80s, the AIDS was, AIDS was considered a gay person's good disease, right? Right. AIDS was considered only by sexual contact. But And then there are some people who are, homo, who are phobic, who are homophobic, but there's right. some people who are like... You know, libertarians are like, okay, that's your thing. Do your thing. I don't care what you do. Right. But if someone goes on TV and says that now you can now contract AIDS by casual contact, and like the person's like, you know, like the interviewer's like, could you be more specific? You know, Thanksgiving, you're 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 playing with your family. That's enough to freak people out. I, I strongly believe that the toilet paper, um, the toilet seat covers, were invented for that. And that that came out yeah. afterwards because casual contact. All of a sudden, you think you can get AIDS using the same toilet. Yeah. And now all of a sudden there are people who didn't care about like if you're heterosexual, homosexual mm-hmm. that are now in this deep fear that if a gay person touches them, yeah. they might get AIDS. And when it and comes this, out this, of a leader's but mouth, this, that's but this a, man, even worse problem. But this man has caused more violence, more hate crime than than any any comedian ever could. Right. You know, and, and mind you, this is the longest serving government employee. I know. So you and I both find Yeah, it and I didn't mean to step concerning. into it that way, but no. I was just giving you an example of how, of what someone's words can cause fear, fear leading to violence, compared yeah. to the level of what else someone does. Like the whole thing on the, the Money Train movie, yeah. that happened once. Everyone's like, all right, let's make let's hit the pause button, make sure everyone this ain't going to mm-hmm. happen again. It never happened again. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But, but that's, but be, um. God, I'm so sorry. Maybe we just edit this part out, man. <laughs> You're all good. You're- I done stepped in and punched him right in the nose. Sorry. No, I just think I think that there's so you're giving great examples of of entertainment, and I love the concept of edutainment. Like, right. how do people? Because I think people learn. Did you say edutainment? Yeah. Wow. Like that's the podcast world to me. I think we learn when people feel safe enough to tell their stories. We're like, oh, one, I don't feel so alone. Two, I saw someone go through something really hard and get really strong from it. Mm -hmm. And I think that inspires other people that are in tough positions, which on any given day, any of us are in really tough positions. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Learning how to ask for help, being um, realizing that's part of being a strong person. All these kind of stories that bring us together, because the other problem and the, the other thing I'm doing in these stories is that I'm tired of just hearing the problem. Tell me what you're going to do about it. Yeah. And so the arc of a be better story, yes, there's a problem. And then I want to put smart minds together that have solutions. And like, yeah. let's let's talk them out. And, you know, I'm really bothered by like the journal process. The scientific journaling community is now like in question because who's sponsoring all of these studies? If we're talking about big pharma, if we're talking about, um, you know, chemicals that are being used on our foods, are we talking like everything's in question to me now and that doesn't make me a conspiracy theorist i just the things i have seen through raising my kids and just being someone who thought that the best thing i was going to do was raise good kids and have great conversation around the dinner table right okay i'm doing i'm still doing that yep 
And I want to expand that conversation. Well, I think this might surprise people, but this is how the majority of the country feels. Yes. This is everybody. uh, We're both old enough and we get get around um, globally and nationally. And we talk to people, different walks of life. And in in our wheelhouses, we talk to hundreds and hundreds of different kinds of people. And all of them want the same thing. They want what's right with their family. They want for their family. They want what's right for their friends. Or some friends or family with different last names, right? Mm -hmm. And the reasoning the of the obstacle i guess that's holding that back is like you said there's a whole bunch of people that stand not to lose money but not to make as much money i don't even think they lose money i think they're just not making money at a, at an accelerated rate like i moved to california in 2016 yeah. right I'll, I'll do one better i met you in 2018 if i told you that was five years ago right yeah. four years ago yeah if i told you four years from now in 2018 that we're gonna have this pandemic right right and the people that were going to see us through a pandemic was a guy who has a history of failing at pandemics, mm-hmm. right? And Big Pharma, who's was actually sued for fudging data uh, um, uh, uh, that, that hurt a lot of people, yeah. that, that the FDA approved, that, that hurt a lot of people. Vioxx, um, it's not Pfizer, that's um, Merck. But, um, but they're, they're Durac, there's medications that got approved because people... Um, fuss, fuss the data. Yeah. I don't. I don't blame science. I don't blame scientists. When you see the data, and and that's what they see in the data, and they they know the consistencies of the data, and they're like, this is this is correct. But they're going based off of what they read, mm-hmm. and if they what they believe reads actually came from from that lab, from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Point A to point B. If that changes from what was original to to what changed, you can only go by what changed and. And there, the the truth's in the middle. Yeah. There, there were some. There were that some. Mis- such a there were some mistakes. But there were some mistakes yes. that were being made. Uh, yeah. Um. And as the facts change, so do people's medical opinions. Right. Now, with that being said, and we both can get that. Mm-hmm. We both understand that. With that being said, it was amped up fifteen. 15 fold because of the moral preening mm-hmm. there was a moral preening that that came with trusting big pharma trust that there are friends all of a trust sudden us. no but there are friends all of a sudden yeah, like no. i told you as as early as four years ago you would have said i was crazy yeah we, we oh know. we're gonna trust them to get us out of this mess right mm-hmm. and they're the ones that are right and the fda is who is always right when when they don't I, i'm not gonna get into how much yeah, no, big pharma finances the fda or whatever but um yeah you would have thought you we, we would have shared a good laugh at uh, laugh at that yeah. but but not the reason why it's so hard to come back from this is because of people's inability to say hey we all got it wrong let's just hit the reset button mm-hmm. we've gone some people have gone too far yeah if you don't do this wendy you're not a good person you don't care yeah. about your fellow man Right. Yeah, uh, um, in this house, we follow the science. Yeah. You know, uh, there was this moral, uh, like, and I, she, this girl on the hill said it best, and I sent you that message. Yeah, that was there was so this good. level of moral preening mm-hmm. that makes it difficult, if possible, because I still think it's possible, to come back. Please restore trust. Mm-hmm. Come back into integrity. Realize that where we, what we knew at one point changed, and that's okay. I mean, and you could apply this to so many different issues. Yes. So many different issues. Think about it. Think about yeah. eggs. Think exactly. about something as stupid as eggs. Yeah. In the 70s, right? In the 80s. Yeah. Eggs are bad for you. Uh, right? Then all of a sudden, the 90s, no, eggs are good for you, but just the egg whites. Remember? And, yeah. And now, and now, just, just, hey, 
top 10 fat burner eat some eggs <laughs> you know coffee yeah. yeah oh it's bad for you now all of a sudden coffee's good for you so it's it's uh, so but many. we were able to change and say, yeah. hey, let's change. The, the facts change, so do our opinions. But those simple examples I gave you, Wendy, were able to come back for those because there was no moral preening right. uh, 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 or gaslighting over the, the, totally. the, 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 these things. So. so what happens when we ask people to replace their judgment with just some curiosity? Um, what happens is they will double down or they'll... They might come to a point where I'm like, I'm ready to have this conversation. And what what we can do about it, because you're talking about solutions. You ain't about, we're not just mm-hmm. sitting here crying about problems. Yeah. The, the solution is to constantly make sure you you pose that question. Mm-hmm. And when you do it, be nice. Be nice. Just just be you nice. Just be pleasant. Be pleasant. Yeah. Be nice. Have this conversation. Um, uh, there, there's going to be some people who, when they hear it, like there's some people that freak out when they hear you when you say Jesus and when you say religion. Oh, mm-hmm. here we go again. And those, and those people sometimes that you you can't reach them, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even a terribly religious person. Mm-hmm. That was just an example I was trying yeah. to get. There's there there's a double down people, a, a group of people that I think they've gone too far. They can't be reached. I mean, those mm-hmm. aren't the people we're going for. No. No, we're going but for the, the rest of the country. Middle. Yeah. They're painting a picture like there's just a ton of extremists on both mm-hmm. ends. And the truth is, like the, yeah. like you just said, so often on any issue, the, the, the answers are in the middle and yeah. in the curiosity and when people are willing to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And in the end, the big problem I want to know about is what you were getting at. What do we do about K Street in Washington? Yeah. And Sacramento, same thing. Like, this is people protecting their power. And people ask me all the time, they're like, why don't you run for office? I'm like, I don't want to go jump in the swamp. Like, no. I grew up. My dad was in politics my entire life. I've been having these conversations my entire life. But the, the there, mindset back then was so different. There are people like you that make me not want to run for office because as far as like looking into people's past and, and creating these straw man fallacies. Yeah. I would hate to see someone drag you through the mud when you you um you pretty much you're pretty much a straight shooter, right? I am a straight uh, but I'm shooter, uh, but yeah. I'm I'm sure. <laughs> oh, actually, but the point I am now in life, I say bring that on. I could care less. Well, if and you that, have, I love yeah. Here's what I respect about people. Mm-hmm. If people have a question and mm-hmm. they want to know something you don't know everybody every detail of your life, but if no. people have a question and they come up and ask me, I usually I will answer most questions. Right. The problem is, is that people don't do that. They don't they don't come up and ask you. No. They go around and talk to someone else. They triangulate. They ask. So if you want to be out there doing that, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. Right. If we can teach our high schoolers that, like, if you got a question, ask it. Go up to the person and ask them. Nine times out of ten, they're probably going to answer you. They might say it's none of your business. But again, be nice, ask a question, you sh- you'll get a straight answer out of me. Yeah. But if you're out there, like, don't be out there talking about other people. It doesn't help anything. I mean, what's the Mind deal? Mind your own business. Right? I mean, and if you have a question, ask it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I also think likability has a lot to do with it. There are people who are... Um, uh, we were talking about Brett Favre earlier on, right? He's a beloved person in the NFL, right? And I, I know you personally. You look at this and then you look at that and you can't put them together like no. it's okay. But there are some people, like, I think he's going to get out of this pretty clean. 
Yeah. Yeah. Look, when you get in that kind of trouble, mm-hmm. and I'm, break, I'm educating people, Brett Farr basically got in the hot water using uh, funds that were supposed to go to welfare recipients and people in need. Yeah. And reached, and I don't know the number, but I, I understood it was hundreds of thousands. And now, if I understand, it's millions of dollars that got siphoned to um, um, his causes, and uh, but highlighting. Uh, Southern Mississippi, his daughter's vo- uh, volleyball team, his daughter's NCAA volleyball team. So, yeah. so when you get in that kind of trouble, there's two things you can do. You can hide yeah. until it dies down, or you can come on Front Street and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Those are those are the only two things you can yeah. do. Any any other righteous indignation, you, 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 you dig a deeper hole. So he's hiding because his lawyers told him to. And when and when he comes back from this, not if. Yeah. He'll be fine. He'll be fine because he's likable. Right. But I do believe on the inside, like it's fine. Maybe you are fine on the street. Mm -hmm. On the inside, you're not fine. If you don't come to terms with problems like thinking you're above the law or thinking that you deserve special treatment, that burns. At some point in your life, even if it only burns you on the inside, it burns. Right. Like that's why I say so often. Like I don't. Sometimes I just I don't understand how people sleep at night. Like we all make mistakes, but you got to come clean. Mm-hmm. And you can like even if it's just a misjudgment or you judge somebody wrong and like it happens. That's like that's live and learn. But this kind of stuff, when you think that you get different rules than someone else, that's a big red flag. I think about all right. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, yeah. Flatbush Avenue, right? Um, and then Harlem. Um, my mom, my father left my f- mom with a dollar. Two kids left here with a dollar. So my mom used that dollar to get on the train and go on welfare. All right. So I understand WIC. I understand how food stamps work and I understand how people need it. And I want to bring up two very important points for everybody listening. One, just as a, as a, as a general rule for you guys to, before you go, we go on with this, cl- maybe close to 90% of welfare recipients have jobs. All right. There's this there's this concept of the welfare queen who's sitting at home collecting money, you know, on yeah. online at the supermarket with her five thousand dollars Skazi fur, Arnold Skazi fur, some Vera Wang stuff, right? Like she's she's living ghetto fabulous. Yeah. And that person exists but but exists so minutely it's 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 almost like an urban myth. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a general level, yeah. these people who are on it, frankly, need it. All right. Yeah. And, and my mom at the time needed it. She got think about someone that got left yeah, with a hand, dollar. Yeah. And let is me, working. Let me but help. let me help pull you up. Yes. But yeah. she's working. And this but this also helps her. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is so I wanted to get that part out of the way for mm-hmm. as, as my first point. My second point, And I want to give you the floor as quickly as possible on this. Um. If that were someone else that was not Brett Farr, that was a welfare recipient recipient that actually had a job where she doesn't need the welfare anymore, but was collecting anyway, the government or some agency would come after this woman so fast. <laughs> you know, consider how you're going to pay that money back. Should she go to jail? She got to go see a judge. Yeah, no, She's going to get not... fined for it. Right. This, I, I, this is... This is what the point I was uh, I was staring back to you. Yeah. If this were someone else that didn't have his money, which sickens me, by the way. Yeah. He could have done this. The guy could have done this out of his own pocket and not, and not even flinched. Yeah. He's well, got, he's got I the mean, money. The, his, you know how much an NFL pension is? <laughs> you know how much money people can spend? Yes. No, but a pension. Like, 
You get no, that for the rest know, of your life. No, I know. They, yeah. O.J. Simpson still got a pension. Right. <laughs> Every, but you know what? One, I he's got to be in some financial trouble. I would think there's financial trouble behind this. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. But that's where my mind goes because right. it's not okay. Yes, and, and the rules should be the same for everybody, and we all know they're not. And that will... That erodes leadership, that erodes integrity and trust in government, and that is that has to be at an all-time low. When you're driving past the corner, like mine taking Matthew to school this morning, and he looks and he goes, $7 a gallon, Mom? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is, the, what is going on? I just talked to, I had a great podcast this week talking about natural resources. They just ban no more oil drilling in LA County. Do you understand that California could be an energy independent state and well, we're paying $7 for gas. Yeah. We're, we're not allowing them to update pipelines. And we're trying to go towards renewable fuels that we don't even have an answer for. We don't trust. I don't trust the rules. I don't trust the regulators. I don't trust where they're putting us. They're, they're taking us and they're, they're cutting our legs out from under us. So whether you're talking about an entitled, this, this power structure is broken. In everything from the Brett Favre case to the you know, outlawing oil drilling in, in LA County. Like, right. no, Well, it's not okay. We're not outlawing oil drilling because California right now, well, the United States as a, generally is the biggest. They put it's, a moratorium on drilling right. new wells in LA County. Got it. Well, yeah. In the, as a, on a general level, the United States is still the number one exporter. We're just we're just selling oil. We don't we don't we're not we're not using that oil to take care of our own. No, we're selling. We should be. We're selling it to India for five bucks, and India's selling it back to us for eight. You know, I, for example, this is why they're, they're selling a, us back our own our own yeah. our own oil at, at a profit. So, uh, um, I mean, we could go so deep yeah. on all these different. No, but issues, California but, alone can it can yeah. can be America um, America's a savior because we export California mm-hmm. they don't need to drill because we're already exporting so much oil we just it's it's about allocating where that where that where that goes yeah if it goes to us the people in charge don't make money from it yeah the, the, this, uh, this do you understand is, what I'm saying this yeah. is the same thing with pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. look oil is a good oil is a good thing because oil is a good for good for energy and this and that and with Talk about climate change and where we want to go in the in the near distant future. That's fine, but right now, um, it's a service. But just like pharmaceutical, their purpose is to make money for their investors. Right. Pharmaceuticals are going to make good medicine. They're going to help people, right? Like um, Zithromax or CPAC, right? right. Um, antibiotics so important, life saving drugs, right? Um, but that's the net result. That's not the goal. The goal is to make money for their investors. Yeah. So, so it's the same thing with oil, and and it and it, like you said, it circles back to um, power, money. the American exceptionalism that, that that is consistent with big business. Brett Favre is special um, because he's likable, right? Yeah. Um, and we have friends at Southern Mississippi, right? We got a, we know the head, uh, the Sean, Sean, Taylor. the head. Be, uh, yeah, I was asking you, an absolute mensch too, him. man. A really, yeah, a really, a good man. He's a the dude's Such a, a good mensch. man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know he has to be sad about that because I know I know Brett was like his his assistant for the beach team who was involved and was interested and I and I guess his level of interest came because his daughter plays volleyball yeah, so you, yeah. you're, you're going to be interested right so yeah, yeah. Um, it's also a testament where the sport of volleyball is going I mean and as particularly indoor volleyball yeah. right, right now for my volleyball yeah. people man I'm gonna reeducate some people and some first time listeners for volleyball um on Big Ten Network on the SEC Network. And on the pack, 
pack whatever pack Pac-12, 10 whatever you call it pack 12 pack 10 whatever and big 12 <laughs> yeah um all of the networks indoor women's volleyball is the third most viewed sport on their networks That's it's so only cool. behind men's basketball and men's football really cool. so right now it is the third most viewed sport and it's getting the exposure because volleyball used to just be a west coast thing but mm-hmm. um there's an old saying, if there's a good team on the West Coast, it's the talent. And if there's a good team in the, mid- in the Midwest, it's the coaches. They have some fantastic coaches in the Midwest. And if you look at the top 10 for girls indoor or women's indoor, mm-hmm. six of those teams are in the Big Ten. Mm. Yeah. You got the five Illinois at eight and nine. Yeah. You got Wisconsin. You have Minnesota. You have Nebraska. Nebraska yeah. played Wisconsin, in fact, in an yeah. all-time big, big Was that where final. they had 16,000? Or did you see that? In oh, they played Florida. 16,000 people watching the game. Yeah. In the, in, it, it, it ended up being like 17,120 or something like that. That's so cool. And they cool. played Florida. It was Wisconsin against an SEC team, Florida. Really cool. I went to, which went to five sets. Amazing. Yeah. How fun. Yeah, it's, uh, five yeah. sets is always fun. Yeah. Uh, five sets also is an indication how evenly matched um, these teams are and how yeah. and how I really got to take my hat off to some of these coaches out there doing some real work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to recruit the best players and jump in front of the parade when they start winning, but... Yeah. You know, when push comes to shove, who's who's a good coach? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Very, very, very happy with women's volleyball. And it's very exciting last year, right? Like yeah. Louisville was 40 and oh, zero. Yeah. They're that ACC, so right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Pittsburgh made the final four. They're ACC. So in the final four, you had two ACC teams. Yeah. And the ACC is supposed to be the weakest division out of the power five for beach for indoor volleyball. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Two teams in the final four, one undefeated. And the other two are Big Ten. Yeah. Right? Big 12, Texas is there. Baylor was there. Um, Stanford, not as powerful. You, you, I mean, they're used to be, young. Used they're to be West be Coast so, dominated, but you're going to be so good, though. Who? Stanford. Kind of in the see. next couple of years. Is it Hambly? Um, is Hambly yeah. still the coach? Mm-hmm, I right, think then, so. then we'll see. For me, and, the jury's not out on him. Yeah. Look, he got that team um, to me and to a lot of coaches. You know how good a team is when you. Are with them the second season, yeah. Not the season after you right. take over, yeah. Because the second season shows who you are, yeah. which really impressed me about Stein Metzger and right Jeff Alzina mm-hmm. left, but Stein's mm-hmm. still doing great things there. And jo- yeah. Johnson, Coach Johnson, right? The female, what's her name? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um Jenny, Jenny Johnson, yeah. right? I, yeah. conf- I don't want to confuse her with Jenna Jameson. Those are two com- completely different human beings. You guys look it up. Completely. I don't want to talk about it. Okay? <laughs> we ain't trying to talk about that. All right? I ain't no. trying to get everything flagged I got, I got under the sun. Yeah. Yes. But you can guess if yeah. you don't already know. But no, but there, I, yeah, for I, me, I'm, I'm waiting to see what he does this year. And like you said, yeah. young team, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But it's no so, secret that the same coaches are there at the end. Yeah. No, for right. sure. And right. and it matters. It matters who these kids play for. It matters what they're learning. It matters how they treat them, how they take care yeah. of them, how the girls learn how to bond. All of that stuff matters. Because yeah, no that doubt. goes back to this, the concept of like being more than just the athlete that's there grinding. Like they're human beings. They are developing human beings. I want to see these mm-hmm. athletes who go into these high pressure programs be treated as complete and whole human beings. They're not just a yeah. cog in the wheel. And they're extending the end game, right? Yeah. Like, here's the thing. When the NCAA made beach volleyball an NCAA sport, all of the club sizes have tripled. Yeah. And where people who are balancing their time indoor, you know what I'm saying? They play beach for the summer. They come back indoor with stronger legs because they still have the muscle memory of the indoor mm-hmm. approach. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
It was a smart thing to do, but now all the club sizes have tripled because it's become a business. Women are smarter than men. This is why almost every school has an indoor women's team and and why there is no NCAA men's beach. But when you go to the AVP, the qualifier... There's there's more men's teams than women's teams in the qualifier trying to qualify for the draw. Yeah. The reason is women are smart. They're using my body for this. I'm using them to get a scholarship. And when I'm done graduating, I'm going to go get a freaking job. Yeah. Unless I think I could go to that tournament and win, yeah. I, I'm getting a job. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to be a bum, all uh-huh. right? You know, I might I might sugar mommy up and enlist and, and find, find me a fun. guy who's still yeah. cute by age 30, you know, but women are smarter. Yeah. But now there's a professional league. For indoors, uh, well, yeah. th- there are, but there's yeah. th- they sixteen million, sixteen point seven five million. They just raised invested by Kevin Durant. I saw that yesterday. Uh, um, and Billie Jean King. Pretty for, cool. uh, for an indoor sports league. Yeah. Now you had some questions about marketing, like how's it going to get to certain cities well, demographically? Talk to me about 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 that. About I your read concerns. that article, and I don't. They're not really concerns. I mean, you know, I love volleyball. I I would love to see professional women's volleyball in, in America the way it is in Europe that so people can but that's us as individuals right but from a marketing standpoint what I was saying is I hope they go out to cities that aren't already saturated with a million sports teams and things to do I'm sure there are very smart people thinking about this but to me like growing up in Fresno when the AVP came to Fresno that's when I fell in love with beach volleyball right we would in the 80s and 90s get 40 to 50,000 people at a Fresno State football game you know you got to go places where you're going to be a novel, like a new event. The way the AVP Phoenix just looked indoors. Did you see how many people were watching? That was fantastic, watching? yeah. Like, you, I'm, that's where my mind went. I'm like, I hope you guys are going to middle America to where, I mean, obviously, like, you've got a lot of volleyball fans. You've got these great teams in Wisconsin and Nebraska. And, you mm-hmm. know, Utah's got some places. Just go places where you're not trying to, like, live and die in L.A., do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. That's my that was my first thought when yeah. I read that article. Yeah, and Phoenix looked really good. One of my and I I like the little they did a little Lakers thing, right? They they had some celebrities show up mm-hmm. for whatever, and I think that'll really help the sport too. Like yeah. like if you ever saw the winning time, the Lakers story, like oh, yeah. Jerry Dr. Jerry Buss, yeah. one of his big pitches was to have like a section for like guys like jack nicholson yeah you know just have 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 somebody stars show up and all of a sudden it's not just a game it's a fanfare thing and and phoenix had a little bit of that Mm -hmm. right also being able to do it uh, at night yeah uh, um helped it was Uh, fun no and i love that i love being able to look forward to watching a live match you yeah. know, like, oh, oh, I'm going to get home. So I'm good. like, this is perfect. Even the East Coast yeah. people stayed up, totally. right? Because I mean, yeah. there were some matches that, that were that 1 late. o'clock in the yeah. morning. But East Coast people, you have to understand something about East Coast people. They are not an early culture anyway. Mm-hmm. They're late culture people. Yeah. They don't go to work at 6 in the morning. They go to work at 8 yeah. <laughs> or 9. Yeah. Right? They don't get out at 2 o'clock and where they can go surf and play volleyball. They get out at 6 yeah. or they play indoor first in, in a league. Yeah. You know, they want to get their action on. So their culture is already a late setup anyway, right? Yeah. Right? Our football games and mimosas and, and breakfast burritos, theirs are, totally. you know, barbecue chicken and sausage for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's whatever you get used to. Yeah, so what I'd like for the league to do to make sure they hit up places where there, like you said, there is something. Phoenix is big on volleyball, mm-hmm. right? And having sponsor, 
yeah. who's from from Arizona. Having she Betsy played, Flint, who played high school volleyball out there too, yeah. uh, having them there as kind of these hometown people, that was awesome. Yeah, Miles Partain looked fantastic. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. So fun. Yeah, so you guys fun. stay tuned. I'm doing my own award show next week. Um, I got Matt Prosser and Aaron Wexler next Thursday. I love it. And we're gonna do um, who we think our MVP is, our Rookie of the Year. So but, good. Yeah. I loved watching um, when Sponsel played Hughes. Watching defender against defender in that match. Well, chess game, right? <laughs> Holy cow! That the was blockers fun. playing checkers yeah. and the defenders but those playing two chess. Defenders, <laughs> I just that was that. Like I, I have to say, and I mean, Clothes and us were lights out well, in that final. Yeah, they're right now. Lights yeah. out. They had it going on in that final. They were not missing. That was so fun to watch. So she's anyway. the transition queen. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you get you get it's ridiculous now. There are people's names, and I'm, we're dipping back into volleyball, but there are people's names when, when they get a dig. The crowd's at the edge of their seat because they already see, when after they get the dig and trans, transition, what the spike or what the kill is going to uh, look like or the shot. Um, Taylor, right? Mm-hmm. Taylor get like a, a fantastic dig. They'll throw the ball up. You know he's going to do something nasty. You're yeah. just waiting. Um, that's a, that's on a regional a scene. Yeah. So yeah. for the men. And I get every bit of that from Kristen. Totally. At five foot six, just by the way. and just boom, and everyone just goes, "You are ridiculous." I know. It's you and, so and it's, fun. isn't it so good for the sport it's for people so to go, "Oh, did that just fun. happen?" Yeah. When someone just keeps saying that, that's great for the sport. Yeah. And it's great for new fans. It's great for fans who want to come back. It's uh-huh. great for fans who are tired of seeing players go through the motions and, yeah. and feel each other out. Don't feel each other out. You're professionals. Mm. You, you know, live in a video room. Get after it from jump. Right. Yep. International scene. Ahmed. When Ahmed gets a dig, you're at the edge of your seat because he's not a shot transition guy. He's a kill yeah. transition guy. It's yeah. hard driven. It's going to be behind his head. No problem. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> you know, so. Um, so fun. Yeah. Uh, Henry Cejudo was there. He's a UFC. Um, he's retired, but he was a uh, two division UFC champion. 125 pounds, 135. Okay. And he's also Olympic gold medalist in freestyle wrestling. So oh, I love it. it was great having him sit there in the VIP and just hamming up. He's a tiny looking dude. I love but, it. But his, uh, his big eyes, big personality. Yeah. Um, so I was glad to see him out there. That's cool. Um, but yeah, volleyball. I would like to see them go um, continue to appear at venues that generate this large crowd. Wisconsin yeah. should have a team. Should have yeah. a professional sports team. They're just they're big on volleyball. They're mm-hmm. men's and women, but yeah. shining. Um, Vegas has a big yeah. big volleyball following. New York. I mean, it'd be risky to have something next to Yankee Stadium, but the Bronx and like mm. the Dominicans up there, it's huge on volleyball. There. In yeah. Fact, in fact, you'd have a lot. Uh, a lot of homegrown talent if they had a home team in New York. Yeah. Because of the immigration population. Only talking about indoor now, uh-huh. right? Not beach. Mm-hmm. Beach has still got some work to do. Yeah. Right? We were just saying off the air, like, after Phoenix, where's their momentum? And, and, and you know, I felt like, whew, it's gone. Yeah. You know, and it's, and, and maybe that was done deliberately that way as the season end. As, yeah. as their seasons end, or or maybe they just missed the boat on that one, and that, I'd like to talk to somebody. Do about you that, have an opinion? If they have the balls, and I want to mm. ask you a question. What's like, that? Do you have an opinion on? Okay, we've done now one season on the YouTube thing. Do you like it being on YouTube, or do you want to go? Do you want it back on a streaming network? I want it back on a streaming network, but I would sorely, sorely miss the live chats. This dude, greetings from Germany. Hey, wow, what's going on? Hey, people, hi, mm. this, that. And occasionally have someone spam, spam mm-hmm. and like repeat, repeat, repeat. But the YouTube does a good job getting rid of them. Okay. But 
the conversations yeah, happening okay. during the live stream is awesome. Okay. Taylor actually jumped in on one. Taylor. Oh, that's fun. And no one thought it was him. It's like oh. you're a bot. No, this dude's that fake Taylor, fake crap, fake oh, this, no fake that. And um I actually called him. I text him. I'm like, this is you, right? You're, uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, it's me. I'm just having fun or whatever. I'm, sec- I'm like, so good. It really is him. It cool. really, it turns out it really was him. Yeah. So because I, I called him, I'm, right, like, I, I'm like, I got to know. I don't even, I don't bother the guy. I got like everybody's number, yeah. but I don't bother nobody. Right. Uh, but I'm like, no, nah, I got to know that. I got to yeah. know if that's him. So, and, um, well, that's yeah. interesting. I was curious what you thought yeah. about it just because we, you know, we've gone back and forth and we've been on Amazon and Peacock. I, and I think I, he might be my edge for MVP too. Yeah. He's been so good for so long, and he's won it already. That it's almost like basketball, right? Like Jordan didn't win MVP every year because, yeah, sometimes your your, your dominance becomes stale. Yeah, right. Like yeah. Charles Barkley won for the Phoenix Suns with when he yeah. made they made the finals, but I thought Jordan could have won that year too in '93, right? Uh-huh. So Miles Partain, um, like if you look at Love the stats, they're so almost. Like digs per set yeah. and I'm um, hitting percentage. Yeah. Him and Taylor Crab are n- almost neck and neck. Really? Um, but man, his ability to hit on the option. It's insane. Yeah. The they got, option and they or the jumps. I mean, like. They got to do a better job with the numbers because there's yeah. no way that guy's hitting percentage is 442. Hmm. He's, his hitting percentage on the option alone, hitting on two yeah. alone, is, is two out of every three. Yeah. With no errors. So for the people watching at home for stats, for sports fans, kills is basically, uh, hitting percentages, kills minus errors divided by attempts. So if you hit six for 10 and you got two errors, you're hitting 400. Mm-hmm. Just as a simple, yeah. simple example. So, yeah. um, But I really hope this professional sports league happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, who doesn't need more volleyball? I would be. A, I'd be a season ticket holder. I, yeah. I, I like watching pros ten times more than I like watching college yeah. and high school. You know, I mean, high school. You, you know, in college, I have emotion. As a as a coach, I have emotional investment. Yeah. Right? See, that's I would agree. Yeah. Like I'm gonna yeah. watch UCLA beats because Natalie Miskowski Right. Is on the pair four, and I was her coach. I was yeah. her juniors coach. So. Yeah. You know, Redondo, have, that girl, that that Libero from Redondo, um, who was at Texas. Stanford. Oh yeah, you know, um, the Hawaiian, um, the Hawaiian name. Nalani. Yes. Yeah. But Amazing. her, I would watch her, her because are, I got oh. to, I, you know, I went to Redondo. Tom yeah. Chaffins is the coach mm-hmm. there, and I got to watch her yeah. jump serve, change the room temperature. Seriously. Which, by the way, she should have done in the quarterfinals. I remember she jump floated. Yeah. 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 I got. I got. Her service. Yeah. I got. Bomb. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of bad, bad blowback for that too. Oh, That's this right. guy's been coaching twenty years. You, who are you? Or this mm-hmm. and that. And I'm like, so you think I'm wrong because this guy's been coaching longer? You, you, you're, you're, you're diminishing my point. Yeah. You don't think someone can be right? Yeah, because he's well, that's not the problem with dialogue out there. Yeah. You know, it's like let's let there be dialogue. He didn't say anything. To hurt and anybody. I avoided that, where that was going. Because yeah. I know where that was going. Now, he, I was supposed to say, you know, F you. I coached D1 too. Yeah. I was at OMU. I coached professionals. And I could have gone through this whole validation game. Right. And, and congratulations, Jay. It's not necessary. You're, you're, yeah. an, you're an idiot. You just yeah. become what you despised. Yeah. You just became everything you despise about that guy. Yeah. You know? and um, But that was one of the things. I, I, I always receive everybody's opinion because you cannot base someone being right or wrong just because someone's done it longer. True. Right? Did yeah. it ever cross your mind someone can be a doctor for 20 years and still suck at their job? Yeah. <laughs> be a hack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I, I don't know. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But be better. I want to talk to talk about your crew a little bit. 
Because yeah. I want to I want to steer it back Absolutely. that direction on your mission statement. So, so let's use your crew. Talk about your crew to steer back in the direction of your mission statement. So very protective crew, by the way. I know. Yeah. God love them. Um, yeah. They're great people. Small team. Um, what I learned through this entrepreneurial journey is mm-hmm. that when you try to do everything yourself, especially as a mom with four kids and all kinds of things going on in my life. Stress. I my hat's off to you too because i am not a techie so i spent a lot of time by myself sitting at my dining room table going how do i make all this happen like i got this giant vision in my head i've got all these words i've got all these concepts i've got why do i meet certain people and try to put them on i don't know what i'm doing you realize that's all part of the process and then while you're in that process and you're wondering like why does this conversation keep coming up with so and so or whatever it's coming together you just don't know it yet mm-hmm. And in this process, I have met people that came across my plate and I'm like, wow, look at that skill set. And I'm, I'm just, I have a knack for human connection. Like I can see how things fit together. I can see like, okay, that girl's a chemist and that girl's a, she has a makeup line and they should talk to each other because she has no idea that how good she is at this and she can help her you know it's like i can see those pieces so i when i learned it was okay to ask for help and not i didn't have to do anything by myself the right people started falling into place so my my i got a right hand and a left hand and one is lee abbott he is 30 years of production experience in hollywood the when the first time i met him and i heard what the name of his film company was i was like really he was uh, he could hook a mean steak up dude he can also cook he was a food network guy came in second on a, a food network show that um the steak he made was awesome when i came to I your know, house dude right? i'm just like he that's so what he i'm having cook. for dinner tonight he Wendy can also Jones. direct yeah he can produce he knows all the back-end tech stuff um his the name of his film company was endorphin films Right. And I'm like, well, that, that that's right in line with where I want to be because I'm an endorphin junkie. So um, so he's my right hand man. Amazing at what he does. On the other side is Ashley Clark, who is an independent thinker that I swear to you has been undervalued by, I think, everybody that she's ever worked with. And every wheelhouse she's ever part. Yeah. She is an amazing coach. She's an amazing person. She's got your back. She's loyal. She works hard. And she's been on your podcast. Um, she's just a great human being. And the thing about hiring, because both of these guys have been athletes. The thing about hiring athletes is that they know, like if they don't know how to do something, they'll try to figure, they'll figure it out and they'll stay with it until they figure it out. And both of these guys. And the cool thing I love, Lee's in his 50s. I'm in my 40s. Ashley's in her 30s. We just hired a 20 year, a 20-something-year-old named Josh, who's an assistant editor um, helping me with the podcast so much. He was a swimmer at Wisconsin. And again, hiring athletes, people, and he's from South Africa. So we've got this like really cool makeup of generations and we all go back and forth and we're having interesting conversations. We're all over the political spectrum. We're, we have great ideas. You sit around and figure out how to get things out there. And with, between all of our contacts, we're figuring it out. And it's so fun. The week is like 10 minutes long. Yeah. It's all coming down the pipeline. I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I still love volleyball. I could talk about volleyball all day long. But when I was in volleyball, like, I'm not not in volleyball. It's just I had to just open up my my vision and Mm -hmm. be like, no, you want to do something bigger? 
I had Benita Mosley Fitzgerald on my podcast. Um, she was a 1984 Olympian in the 100, 100 meter hurdles. Right. Gold medal, gold medalist. And at the end, I always ask this question, like, what's the advice you would give to your younger self? And she said, why not me? Hmm. Ask the question, why not me? So when you think small, when you think someone else has already done it or I should, I, I don't know enough or if you have a feeling that you should do something, just take action, go out and do it. Right. And see what comes together. Worst thing's going to happen. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? If you don't try, hmm. you're not happy. Like you're going to be unfulfilled. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing and it's coming together and I'm so excited. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think the saying is uh, play, play your percentages. Yeah. Right. Like. It, our coaches out there basketball baseball juniors i'm a volleyball coach right maybe a girl lets a ball hit the ground she doesn't think she can get it right and for people listening you as a coach you come you go up to the girl and you're like what percentage chance do you think you had to get in that ball and i'm like be honest 30 30 percent like 20 she's like oh more like 15 i'm like 15 you like 15 i like 15 you like 15 and then you ask what percentage chance do you have if you don't go at all? Zero. Play, play your numbers. Play the numbers. So yep. so I really like what you yeah. said. I said it's just an example of what she said. Why not me? Yeah. Play, play your percentages. Yeah. But it's zero. Mm -hmm. It's zero percent if you don't go at all. Right. So I totally get that. Yeah. So be better. Is it designed just to help people steer the direction they want to go they're just trying to be better human beings they're just trying to be better at their profession are they just trying to be depend at yes we are producing content about anything and everything that makes you be a better human being and from mm -hmm. my perspective that is american table that is what health and wellness let's talk about relationships um sports these are all the things that i'm interested in and that i gravitate to at leadership the things that make us better people, but that also in the end allow us con to connect to other people and help make the communities that we live in better. Because what good is it to just become better on your own? It gets very boring. Like you become this like routine, like, oh, look, you know, 2% body fat. Like I've got all this routine and I'm checking all the boxes. Like that's not what it's about. To me, it's like sustainable high performance like and when you get in an athletic community you hear about high performance all the time but what's sustainable like what's really making better relationships what's really making us better at our jobs it's not just doing the checklist every day it's like really connecting with the people around you and through stories i feel like people get to do that so yes it's the optimist journal then the, the then my podcast and now we're going out and we're collecting content from other creators because there's so many people out there that are creating great stuff. You do it all the time, you know, and just creating like a, a web and a network of people that we're not competing against each other. It's not like I have put this out so you can't put that out. It's this concept that like all these great minds can come together and tell stories that make the world better that make our country better that make us understand each other more that have solutions and yeah we're going to get at some problems because there's some problems out there i i think inclusiveness is the key yeah uh, as far as this is concerned yeah inclusiveness is the key 
Um, I think tribalism is the biggest enemy of healthy dialogue. I, agree. Uh, I mean, we've seen it in our own sport, yeah. right? Um, yeah. being, being parts of certain cliques mm-hmm. and this and that. Um, there are cliques in every everything, every walk of life. Yeah. And honestly, quite frankly, there are some cliques that I'm proud to be a part of, uh, unapologetically. But being me being uh, speaking only for myself, me being part of a clique at no time makes me not uh, non-inclusive. Yeah. I've always been inclusive. Uh, there are other podcasts out there, mm-hmm. um, right? There's um, Sandcast. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna plug them out. They they deserve. It. They ain't gonna plug me, but I'll plug them. Sandcast, um, John Mayer, mm-hmm. right? Coach your brains out. Very educational yeah. one. You got yeah. um, you got Robert Sparrow doing some great things on the indoor scene with his yeah. podcast. Has a rock star array of guests. Let's not forget Aaron Wexler. Every Another single person. <laughs> on, I don't think he. I don't think he has regular people. <laughs> he he yeah. has nothing but that. So, shouting out all these people, I have never once never not wanted to collaborate with them Mm -hmm. collaborate sorry collaborate with them on something that i thought well we can all be to get better together and rate and consistent with whatever their mission statement is be better together i have never once uh, been non-inclusive in in that respect I, i can't say the same about all of them right um i can only highlight the people who are more like me john mayer not, mayor's mm-hmm. always come on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Esparo, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, sometimes. Um, Wexler, always down, you know. Um, but the truth is that when you're comfortable with yourself, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that in like the, oh, don't step out and, you know, that whole getting uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah. thing, but like when you know who you are and you know what oh, your purpose golden. is, that's you don't need the validation from outside. Right. And that's like such a cool place to get to in life. Mm-hmm. And that's why you can walk around and you hold your head high and you say, like, if you like it, great. There's a messenger for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. If I'm not your messenger, that's OK. But I also think that's the enemy, too. Like the because someone's not accepted, they, they get caught into this game where they yeah. need, they feel like they need to do and say things to make them feel just as important and validate. Right. Yeah. Um, and we as human beings, we all get caught in it. But it's almost involuntary. You can't help yourself. Yeah. But if right? you recognize I mean, it, like think, think of what I'm going through as a color commentator. Think, yeah. of, think of all. Actually, think of all the things I've done the last five years that were just great and quality stuff. But think about where I want to go mm-hmm. and that level of frustration. But 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 a, a near impatience. Mm hmm. Uh, that would make me say some things out loud mm-hmm. um, that come from a truthful place, but don't help the cause, right? Because frankly right. speaking, nobody wants to work with that person either. Yeah. And that's why yeah. we're, we're all collectively careful about what we say. Right. Uh, um, and that includes me. And, and, mm-hmm. and I have, and I'm as unfiltered as you guys are going to get. So, so, and I'm only using myself as an example because it, this, again, I'm not talking, I'm doing this for the sake of talking about myself. There are people out there that feel the same way. And this is applicable yeah. to them. Uh, um and it's hard yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, but you know what that's like yeah. judgment is like it's real it's out there yeah. it's always gonna but like be you said there. being comfortable in your skin helps yeah. right like completely one one cannot be canceled if one doesn't need one's validation right right which I mean, is part of the issue like you talking about inclusiveness and one of the things that always comes to mind is i'm reading all these articles and i hear about everything from you know race in america to transgenderism to all of the issues that are hot button right now mm-hmm. and i'm like at what point was kindness not inclusive like i've never treated somebody different and i know that they, that can sound like a really like shallow like un well, your, your life hasn't been affected. Everyone's life is affected by something. Yeah. 
And what are you going to do about it? And that's what I, I believe when we're kind and we're empathetic, those are your best leaders. Right. You know, and kindness is inclusive. I don't want to see people zeroed, like put in a box and saying, let's, let's talk about how divided we are. And that's what I see out there. And that's what I'm trying to change. And another podcast I would recommend who is trying to change this is John Bernthal. He's a Hollywood guy. He has a fabulous podcast and he is interviewing all kinds of interesting people from all walks of life. And it's going after this idea that America is such a divided place. No, in no, never has a country been put together that from such diverse populations. Yes, we have our problems. Of course. With that but vers- diversity if we comes- keep telling this story about how bad we suck, we're going to suck. What you focus on grows. Right. I'm done telling the next generation that we suck and that you're not strong enough to pull yourself up to through any difficult circumstance. Look where you like, you know what I'm saying? We've all been through something. Yeah. How are we going to come through? How do we, because of, and I, I'm going to use the term moral preening again, because yeah. it's, it's, it's such a catchy. It's okay. <laughs> um, how do we get past people who are all ready to, um, it is their impulse to be ready to fight instead of die, instead of die. I'll give you an example. Uh, without naming names, there's mm-hmm. a particular program director that had a kid that was trying out, you know, for a team or just, it was part of the clinics, but wanted to try out for, for his girl's program. And, you know, kind of could be a boy, could be a girl. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes some people have short hair and they have yeah. girly features, but it, but it could be a boy, right? Mm-hmm. And the mom was already saying that my, you know, my kid wants to play for your team, you know, and, and she, she came in this combative mode. Like you can't say no, like I know the rules and I know this and I know what discrimination is and I know what discrimination isn't blah, blah, blah. Um, and he wanted to be called, not, didn't want to be called he or she, they wanted to be called they or the, or by whatever, and this and that. And my, this program director dodged a bullet because this person that's a girl identifies with being a boy. And if this person identifies with being a boy, you can't play girls volleyball. Right. right? So, um, and he, I thought he dodged a bullet because he's trying to just play by the rules. He's a good, he's a good, he's a good dude without, again, mm-hmm. without naming, naming his name. Um, and he basically was saying like SCVA, mm-hmm. like if someone identifies with being a girl, you, you have to, you have to let him play. Okay. All right. Now, as far as, what someone wants to be called i think people need to chill uh, with 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 having this heightened emphasis on right. on that right um i myself did a clinic i'm i'm at high performance and every thursday i do an open clinic beginners all the way to advanced cool. and beginners participate because i coach beginners like advanced mm-hmm. they roll with a pack they learn they figure it out they come back for more they're like oh my god it's over my head and i'm, and I'm out but there was a particular person where I'm like, what's your name? And they were just like, didn't want to give me the name. And I just said, what do you want to be called? Mm-hmm. And then they gave me the name. I'll just I'll just say Reggie for its own sake, okay. not to, to conceal yeah, the identity sure. of the person. And that was it. What do you want to be called is, is a very, very easy path. If you want mm-hmm. me to call you this, that's what I'm going to call you. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, because of my empathy, and me understanding your situation, you have to understand, and I'll quote J- Dave Chappelle on this, empathy is not transgender. Mm-hmm. Empathy is bisexual. Mm-hmm. It must work both ways. You're going to play in a league where 
You go on the website, girls' weekend sites, girls' SCVA schedule, mm-hmm. um, girls' 18 and under, mm-hmm. girls' 12 and under, girls' 15 and under, girls, 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 girls. They're not going to change that because because this this one this Nor huge collective and and they won't. But, but I would like to finish by this, mm-hmm. by saying this, because you got a lot to say after mm-hmm. this. And I, I don't want you to lose that mental mm-hmm. note. I want you to keep that same energy. And besides, you're my guest. Um, I, and the empathy, I, like I mm-hmm. said, has to work both ways. But that is something that they're not going to change. And nobody's asking you to change. And that's right. where the meeting of the middle has to come Absolutely. from. But but um, the point I was trying to make, the journey just to get to that came from people who are already, their impulse uh, to agreed. be ready to throw down. Agreed. To just fight. Yeah. And where, in all of this conversation, where are we teaching self-awareness? We're teaching everything about what, what does someone call you? What does someone... How do they judge you? Now, yes, any kid coming through something needs to have a safe adult to talk to. Like, they need to be they're, taught to... Ex- they're still kids. Yes. Yes. They need to be taught and able to express themselves, and they're coming through some really difficult stuff. But they're kids. I don't understand what's going on in the public education realm where we're teaching this sexuality and gender stuff in 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 elementary school like Mm. i'm not okay with this no it doesn't need to be taught and Mm. let's let kids come through puberty and as they start to ask questions let's have good answers for them let's teach them how to be kind and inclusive of everyone but what are we talking about on these like i'm sorry this is the medical changing like you don't 13 year olds don't make decisions for their long like i my kids would not be making decisions for their long-term health at 13. Like they know who they are. You don't know who you are. You're 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 growing up. If you're going if you're suffering in some way, yeah. then let adults come and help you and please put good professionals. I've seen some scary stuff out there and yes, they'll say it's coming from conservative, you know, the Daily Wire like Vanderbilt, yeah. the doctor who's t- talking about how much a hospital makes on gender reassignment surgeries like Mm -hmm. everything's convoluted and really all i care about is the kid i want the kid to feel safe and have someone to talk to but i am not the way that we have turned this it's become so much bigger this conversation Mm -hmm. about who you are and what your pronouns are how do you turn inward and start to understand you stumbled onto something very specific though okay you're talking about 13 year olds yes. all right look at the adult level do whatever you want Amen. you already know how you identify or whatever right. and and as someone someone like you and me who are part of, of many communities yeah. we, we know many people like those people uh, like um, i hate to say those people well they, yeah. but they are those yeah. people I'm, I'm one of those people right mm-hmm. i'm gonna sing karaoke which you're gonna have yeah. a good time you know i'm gonna go right. to Artesia bar those i'm gonna adults. go to Hennessy. that's adults but um the the reason why this is so weird because i thought the teenage cases were so rare Mm-hmm. Um, that it was something you, I thought it was just like, we cross this bridge when we get there. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's so rare. Like Brian McDermott, yeah. I didn't even want to talk about it because in his lifetime as a coach, he's not going to, he might not run into that situation. Mm-hmm. But 
but wow, it, they, well, they, it seems no, but it seems to be popping up more and more, and it's not rare anymore. No, uh, but, um, but it's not. That a, goes it's not back like to the a, media and right. what's getting, what is out there, and what's being pushed. And I'm telling right. you, and what's getting blown up and, to, yes. to be bigger than whatever. So it what's is. in the algorithm? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and I'm not okay with that. Right. And someone's coming. Yeah. Wendy's mm. showing off the guns and Jason with the deep father V. <laughs> it's going to be a good Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Mark Fonacari, that's a Pottstown uh, oh, finalist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah. had fun that day. Yeah. We, were, bottled, we all chatted. That's I bottled right. behind you. That's him. That's right. <laughs> what up, Mark? Yeah, we're, we're, we are. This is so not a volleyball podcast. No, <laughs> Boy, if you just came in, we're going to warn you ahead of time. We don't, we don't push you the button. You and I buttons. always talk too long. Anyway. Yes, we don't <laughs> hit someone. We just punch someone in the blonde wig, you know? Well, no, but for me, I agree with you because cycle of kids from toddlers to children, from children to teenagers, from teenagers to young adults, from young adults to full adults. It's not just a physical growth anymore. It's yeah. a psychological growth. And and there's no freaking way you're going to be 100% sure that you know what you want at right. age 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, or even 19. Oh. All right? I thought I was going to, I wanted to be an accountant. Nah. <laughs> oh, my God. I, boy, did I get just off no. lucky and not think about any, about changing my sex. Boy, did I think, think about something simple and stupid like that and find that I was wrong. Because... How would you like to find out you were wrong, that you identified with this? You do, there's something that serious, that's life changing. Yeah. Of, uh, 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 as far as TRT, testosterone mm -hmm. replacement therapy, mm -hmm. hormones, stuff like that. Stuff that, that physically, yeah. which leads to psychologically, affects the, the, your present day to the rest of your life. Yeah. How would you like to be the one to find out I thought I identified with this and I was wrong? Yeah. Cause that's when I really started lo losing it with this, this, discussion was when mm -hmm. it started coming down because this whole this whole bullshit kids. that you know right away and you're yeah. sure is nothing more than that it's bullshit no totally completely and the thing is down. the thing is um where was i going with that um when i think about it from a parent's perspective mm -hmm. right because as a parent you know so often when our kids are hurting and some you know they start going through their teenage years and they're going through stuff and maybe they're closing their door and they're not talking talking to you at all which is is really scary as a parent maybe they are talking to you and as the parent you're like good lord my kid is in pain and that desire as a parent to just want to make it better and take it away and i think that that's a something that's even more prevalent in today's parenting than it was 20 30 years ago mm -hmm. It scares me when I think about that parenting mindset with a kid who is going through, you know, puberty and having these kind of feelings. If they come into, if they have that relationship with their parent, which I think is awesome, and I, you know, my kids and I talk, and, but if you have that desire to just take their pain away, can, I don't want that option to be like, oh, let, because, if you allow that because you want to take their pain away and then something is done that it completely changes the course of their life. And just like you said, what if it's a mistake? You change the course of their life. Like this is where parents come in and I don't understand. I wouldn't even want to get the wrong tattoo. No, <laughs> exactly. And like why at, is this? You look like, at some of your, when you were a teenager and you looked at one of your friends, you're like, and the guy's like, hey, what do you think? And you're like, it looks, you're gonna regret it looks yeah. permanent. <laughs> <laughs> totally. 
So oh. I have a I I it I this didn't it did not bother me as a conversation on a cultural level until we started talking about kids. It didn't bother me until they came to a conclusion on nature versus nurture on mm. uh, on scientific conclusion like um you're like this whole you're born to be gay or you're born mm-hmm. to be straight that's that's you're born that's just how you are and and like the conclusion based on whatever science they came to that comes to that that mm-hmm. still has so many questions what if you're bisexual but i thought you were born to be gay so do you have to make up some rationalization or excuse you're bisexual because you're confused and you're really gay you know i mean right so i mean the the the, the intricacies and and the delicate the, mm-hmm. de- the delicate nature of nurture versus nature yeah. has um like you said been blown up really really by by i don't know why and for whatever reason i i think i think deeply religious people had a lot to do with it right they're they're they they read a book written two thousand years ago um uh, i mean that says that this is right and that's wrong Mm -hmm. and they're and also that the way they interpret that book might be right or wrong and and which leads to this heightened level of of change that they want to see happen Mm -hmm. And, and so again, and we're talking about no, but, the, and their ta- again, we're talking about the extremes. No, but right? their tactic yeah. is they instill fear. Yeah. Because look, in order for them to win an argument, they they feel like they have to represent the argument to such an extreme nature that it requires the attention of the ma- the mm-hmm. masses. Right. You have to. It's the reason why Democrats and Republicans are are, are created. You have. To, they make you choose Coke or Pepsi, mm-hmm. and and really, you're never going to vote for someone. That you completely agree with, but they have to come yeah. from a place all the way over there to 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 get the attention in the first place. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see any any primary. You're not going to see someone. No, who's, you're gonna, they, you're not going to see a no, lukewarm they, candidate. They don't right. survive. No, they don't. They don't survive. I thought. Yeah. I thought Tulsi Gabbard would have made a good candidate, I agree. but she she's someone that that's right. a lifelong Democrat, but she's got issues with that that lean more right. Like, yeah. um, remember Ron Paul? Mm-hmm. Um, he's a staunch Republican, but maybe he's like, "Mind woman, why don't we get out of these regime changing mm-hmm. wars and mind our own freaking business?" Yeah. You know, uh, um, right? Which back then didn't identify with being right wing. Right yeah. wing was what do you, you know, you don't want to go to war. <laughs> yeah. What are you trying to say? This ain't the greatest country in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, shut up, everybody, USA. Yeah. You shut up. All <laughs> right. So, so um, that's the tactic. Yeah, you have. They feel like they have to take this extreme. Yeah, but the solution is us just recognizing that. Yeah, my solution is saying, "All right, they're doing what they got to do, and I got a decision to make." Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think giving space for the conversation that needs to happen and recognizing when someone comes in charged up and they are, they're not going to be moved. Like right. even that awareness, just ready to go. Yeah. Their that, impulse. Like having it's that, their impulse. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was having this conversation with my daughter earlier, like maturity is the ability to feel your feelings and not have to react right. exactly to those feelings. Right. Like that's a, that's a step in maturity and you don't always see that in the, that doesn't mean age. Like we can all learn that at different times of our lives, and there's yeah. ways that we can do that to become some more self aware. And some die, people they'll never, die and never even know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. But that journey that we need to allow for kids, going back to this, you know, the transgender discussion, the journey to like understanding your true self and getting back to that is a journey. 
like it doesn't i'm and and some of us have harder roads and some have easier no. roads and there's no you can't really judge that you get no. into that you're playing the victim game you're pointing fingers you're judging and it's that never works out well for anybody right but you gotta give the time to come through that journey you cannot cut it at a certain point and say this is who you are it's a constant evolution and you're always learning something so if you get i mean they say the brain is you know 25 years old we're not our brains are not fully developed till we're 25 like why are we having these conversations that seem to be so prevalent and when we have so many things in america that we could be coming together on and we could be understanding each other and having more empathy and and really supporting each other in some of these mental health conversations right, right. and so i i just i i don't like i get very defensive for the younger generation because it's not it's not right for them but is, to be is the solution to is just to remind us as individuals and, and as a collective kind. that not just be kind because be, being kind should be is a residual thing that that being kind doesn't have an end game mm-hmm. no that that that, not. that is a residual thing that you're supposed to do to the day you die yeah um and inconsistent with being kind uh, and and then that that how could i say um that same direction reminding everybody that it's not the destination it's the journey itself helps yeah. Because a society has shaped us where we always ask the question, what's the end game? Mm-hmm. What's the end game? Does it stop? Where does this stop? Um, Colin Kaepernick kneeling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, he's making a statement. He's, you know, about police brutality or whatever. What's your end game? Are you going to keep doing this for the, as long as you're out there? Or, mm-hmm. is, or, is, or is there a way? Right. You know, or is there a way or is whatever? There, so, are, yeah. so an end game I is like a good that. thing. No, but an end game... Asking what's your end game is a good thing because yeah. sometimes there is an answer to that and sometimes it isn't. Sometimes yeah. maybe maybe for him there isn't an end game. Maybe it's just him doing a residual thing and, and us understanding that empathy works both ways and the guy who stands for the flag will put his hand on his shoulder. He stands, that guy kneels, and everybody kind of gets each other. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think I, 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 I'm for a long time I've been a what's an end game thing, but an end game when it's done you leave yeah. yourself no no room for further improvement, right? right. So, so Which having is an end game not... is, so having an end game is a good thing for some things. Maybe like Kaepernick, I will I'll stop doing this when this happens. Maybe that's his end game. Yeah. But what if it starts up again? Is he starting yelling again? I mean, there has yeah. to be a, a something where um, the results, the good results, have to be residual. Mm-hmm. Mean meaning keep going, just like yeah. just like your phone bill every month, or, or Evolving for the better. Right. That's, that's to me, evolving for the better is Sorry, the that's game. redundant. Sorry, evolving. Ne- Sorry. Yeah. Just right. evolving, right? Evolving yeah, not is for evolving, the not devolving. Right. Um, right. Yeah, because I always say, I, but I always say it like, learning is the key to longevity. The desire to learn something mm-hmm. new. Like, we stay young when we stay curious. We want to learn new things. It's worked for you. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I loved my trip to Barnes & Noble. I came, got my stack yeah. of books. And, Come an old man, too. Yeah. He who increases knowledge, knowledge increases uh, sorrow. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is that, too. Not logically Yeah, connected. as my daughter says, make, Mom, can you please? I was just making like, a joke. No, yeah. my daughter says to me all the time, she's like, can you finish your coffee before you yeah. start? How is she? They're they're great. They're all good. Yeah. Good. I was very, yeah. very happy. Yeah, so that, but that's. In fact, I, I got yeah, go to go, yeah. go pick up my kid pretty soon. Yeah, but I think that helps cure the disease of cognitive dissonance. Yeah, being set in your ways, even in the face of 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 
what you're, you're, what's happening in front of you, what your two eyes can see. I mean, not getting too deep into that because we're we're trying to wrap up here, but but the last two years alone, just understanding what what we thought was and what's changed. Yeah, you got you got to you got to change with it. You can't just yeah. keep shaking your head and this and that. You know, like. Like, <laughs> no, and I think that's a point that people get to. You get apathetic. Like, I right. was a political junkie, and then I absolutely tuned out for a long time. And I watched mm-hmm. sports, and I raised my kids, and I was like, yes, I voted. But right. I did not want to read the paper anymore. I didn't want to listen to the talking heads on the news. And I tuned out. And I, I, there's something in me, though, that I can't. I did, too. I was a CNN guy for right? years. I haven't, watched, I haven't watched CNN Maybe six months. Really? Yeah, I get my yeah. I get my news like breaking points. Mm-hmm. On, on yeah, YouTube, I love the stuff YouTube. you send me. You know, um, the Hill the rising. Hill. Yeah. Um, don't always agree with them, but it's mm-hmm. news. Covering the news right. is whatever. Totally. And just for fun, Jimmy Dore. He's yeah. he's the mo- the least forgiving, uh, guilt tripped. Uh, um, that's that's that, those are my those are my Jewish brethren, right? They don't do they don't do redemption. They do guilt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, no, but I, I I get my news from the the Hill Rising and Breaking Points because that's because yeah. they're talking about unions. They're talking about affecting change. They're talking about yeah. stuff that affects your neighborhood all day. Not just the, I love it. Not just these hot button. Yeah. You know? But I put stuff on my Instagram story, like I'll, I'll be reading the Wall Street Journal in the morning, and I'll, I'll like circle something, put it up on my story, and I love what comes through in my DM. Mm-hmm. I get people from Canada that are talking about border issues, and like people like from all over the place, yeah. telling me what they think, and mm-hmm. it, it it ends up being some really fun dialogue, and you yeah. you learn something. So and having a sense of humor helps yeah. too, like. For example, there's like a new booster out there, right? Mm. And they're uh, the, F- the FDA or whatever. They're doing these commercials. You should get boosted or whatever and this and that. And Jimmy Dore is like, they didn't do any human testing on it. There's no randomized control study for it, right? And he's like, the only an- the only study they have is an animal study. And it was done on eight mice. <laughs> and they won't let us see the study. <laughs> so, so, look. If people have a sense of humor mm-hmm. to know that, all right, maybe I'm taking a side on this. Yeah. But if you can identify and laugh at that together yeah. and start, and then say, all right, now seriously, let's have a conversation about that instead yeah. of what's so funny. That's not funny. No, that's hilarious. Dude, that's hilarious. Yeah, Eight funny. mice. Yeah, <laughs> he's funny. Eight mice. Totally. Me- mices? Mice? Mice. Yeah. The plural for mice yeah. is mice. mice. The mouse is mice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Eight mice. On, on, on a study that they, by the way, they won't let us see. Yeah. <laughs> we can't see. We can't even see the study. Well, and that's and the only humor, available study. Humor just lets the, yeah. it, it, it relaxes people or it, sh- it used to. Yeah. Now. But I'm like, who are these mice? The is it way. Pinky in the brain? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Are you pondering what I'm pondering, Pinky? <laughs> I think so, brain. But I'm surprised this leg grew back. <laughs> you know, come on. <laughs> uh, be better. Yeah. All right, let's talk about be better. We got to get out of here. Um, how do people want to people want to get to know what Wendy Jones has been up to? Because yeah. they already know about the Optimist Journal. Yeah, they so already right know now, about uh, um, your podcast, which uh, is just oh, it's growing. Man. I mean, I mean, you're it's first of all, you're you're a website platform, and 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 well, there's lots coming there. It's a of, beast. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, even that's been an evolution, and it's coming. Um, down this be better it it has evolved into the be better media platform and it's coming um 
lots coming at you in October. So I'm really excited that you asked me to do this today because just stay tuned. This We're going to be BeBetterMedia.tv and it's coming this October. And it's October, my new editing software is yeah. going to be October when this yeah. episode comes awesome. out. Awesome. Well, usually it's out by software. before I get my kid from school. You're but, so fast. Yeah. But. Well, the good thing is my new editing software does more things, but the export is 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 yeah. agonizing but mm. but the the quality right yeah. now like this the stream is just oh, it's so just good awesome. um and i'm also learning about ma um magic on that not that it pro what was what was the macbook one what's the editing oh, software um premiere Ad pro uh, yeah adobe premiere pro yeah, yeah yeah madison said that's what they use McKibben. yeah it's it's great and, it's great and i don't do i'm it, just gonna so do a bunch I, of how-to things yeah. and whatever and this and that but shout out to you shout out to your crew big up to lee big yeah. up to ashley very like she a cocky girl but so am i yeah. uh, um <laughs> Also, since we we mentioned yeah. Evolution a while, special shout out to a, a mutual friend of ours, Duncan Avery. He's yeah. the program director at Evolution in Redondo, but he's taking some time away because his kids oh. um, had the, the tumor issues and this and that. And I don't know I the status worse. of that, but um, but I wanted to I'll leave by talking about a very a mensch in New York. A mensch is someone who gives you their shirt if you don't have one, mm -hmm. even though they even though giving you their shirt means they don't have one. Right. <laughs> That's he's that guy. Yeah. So yeah. wanted to shout out to him and I want of course I am eternally grateful that you come you continue to come back on this podcast where we can have these episodes that maybe I can run ads for, but maybe I can't because I like know. you said, See, the, the censorship society has decided on. we've gone too far. Right. But Honestly, as long as this is on your platform, I'm good. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, We're, yeah we will, we will have a one. place for this. And um, yes. yeah, so check out what I meant to say, yep. the podcast, and then BeBetterMedia.tv coming at you in October. And thanks for having me, Jay. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 152, Wendy Jones, got love for all. I'm not going to do my rant this time. <laughs> you know my rant, I, I hate all of y'all, whatever. No, no, love for all, 152. Awesome. Hey, guys. Lady, Wendy Jones, ladies and gents. Later. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.